spread the truth. Document it. Prove it. Make it irrefutable and you too will become dangerous to those who admire us in lies and enslave us in socialism. But because they are lying, it's possible to expose them. And this is their Achilles heel. By comparison, we have nothing to hide, therefore we have no reason to lie. And we wouldn't want to even if we could. Truth is a far superior weapon than deceit. It's a weapon which is denied to them. And in the end, it will be the decisive weapon that destroys them completely. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Heli Seger, as you say, uh, here <laughs> around these parts. Hope you're doing well. It's uh, wonderful to be back with you once again this Freya's Day. It is the 23rd of September 2022. Thank you for tuning in live. How are you, Lana? TGIF, right? Isn't, isn't that Thank how it goes? Uh, Thank goodness. It's, it's Fag Day. Oh, my gosh. I no, remember the, this dumb restaurant. TGI Fridays, where they wear all the buttons. And it's like, I think you might have seen it once remember in, like, we, in Portland. No, we drove no, by no, 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 no. Like slow that. down. No, 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 no. <laughs> I remember going to that. No, no, no. Remember, we went to a TGI Fridays in Malmö, Sweden. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember we that? did. There yep. was one there. I thought that was just a hard rock cafe. Thank you, globalism, right? You could just get, get the same globalism. You can get it TGI Fridays with a side of Muslims. You know, it's exciting. In Sweden. And soon it will be only Muslims. Uh, Well, not if we can help it. Nope. Uh, We'll talk about that later, actually. We'll talk about some of the demographic problems in uh, Sweden. Some of the usual suspects are raising that. We're going to talk about some of the fake uh, terrorism accusations and charges. We're going to talk about killer memes. That'll be good ones. Stay tuned for that. Uh, and the usual kind of the, the climate gay op is really kind of uh, accelerating oh, yeah. right now. And there's some news and development on that front and the usual suspects are, are coming out. So that's some of the things we have uh, on the docket today. But Lana, you wanted to show something? Yeah, I wanted to show this. I Start. got this in the mail. This, I like that graphic. Keep That's up good. the good work. Red eyes. Yeah. Don't mean. So I just wanted to say thank you. Very we nice. did get that. And I really like the lightning bolts. You know, working yep. on some new merch finally. Yes. Finally. It's been hard with the move and transition. Yeah. Yada, yada. You don't do, need to know that. But. Do, you, do you have <laughs> but any? Uh, lightning bolts. We should have some lightning bolts, huh? Yeah, so it's possible. If, you, if anyone Put out there has Thor any in there. suggestions, uh, graphic designs. Uh, we, you know what? We talked about like, hey, let's do a poll. We have a poll thing on Entropy Stream kind of thing. Uh, we might do that. Like what? what some cool old Norse stuff for sure. We're I like some old, yeah, some old, old European. Old classic You stuff. know, classic thing that we, we'll find something. We'll, we'll find I like something the older works, stuff. Yeah. And then, of course, the logo. Uh, yeah, sure. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Then you want. All right, folks, if you want to join in today, entropystream.live slash Red Ice TV. That's Super Chats. We read those on the air. We also have them over at Rumble and on Odyssey. If you prefer, we do have a coin tree. I got to check in there uh, once in a while as well. Um, otherwise, really diving into things here, I guess, right away. Uh, Jimmy Fallis, hello. Okay. Henrik and Lana, great to see you. Hope you're doing well. And yes, TGIF. TGIF. I guess for us, it doesn't really matter because we work on the weekends, right? Yeah, with uh, <laughs> with soon to be Western warrior, not weekend warrior. 
<laughs> that has been, you know, kind of like a. I, I actually like doing things on, on the Mondays weekend. It comes up on Mondays anyway. Well, now it does because I spend so much time uh, editing it to um, perfection. You know mm, what I mean? It does look good. It, yes. Well, it takes time. You know, that's, that's just what it is. Not going to get uh, not going to go away from that. Get it. Get if you want it done, you got to do it right, uh, and you got to do it yourself. However, speaking to that, uh, we are looking for a new editors. As well, as we'll soon be putting out the call for that. Uh, if you do want to uh, help out to that effort, get an executive tier, uh, producer or an exec- or a producer tier over at subscribestar.com slash red ice. Help us get to 20. I think we're about 12 right now. But anyway, we usually do that little plug uh, at the end of the show. So we'll get to that. Anyway, speaking of uh, Global Homo, here's the uh, stock market. The, uh, the, the, the once in a blue moon uh, non-Jewish uh, Fed chair, Powell, uh, Jerome guy. Powell <laughs> actually opened his mouth, and of course, again a third consecutive day in a row. Row the stock, the U.S. Uh, stock market fell, and now everybody is worried. Right? What's going to happen? Oh my God! He sets markets into disarray because he, he said this or said <laughs> that. But then, if you actually listen to it, it's like, wait a minute, he didn't say anything. And then that's the old old trick, right? Going back to it was a trick before that, but like Greenspan really kind of encapsulated that of like if you it was this famous quote if you think that you heard what i said you didn't hear what i said because my job is to make sure that one understands what i'm actually saying i'm, I'm paraphrasing that last anytime, part but that's basically anytime jerome powell talks i'm like what did you even say well that's the what point. did what information did you give us <laughs> it, i mean remember this any, he talks but didn't say anything you, you go in, uh, if you go back to March of this year, check out this, uh, uh, <laughs> this line here. We feel the economy is very strong and we'll be able to withstand a tighter monetary policy. Powell said in March, six months later, Powell is sounding less assured. The Fed announced its third consecutive supersized interest rate, hi- rate hike on Wednesday and indicated that it would continue to be aggressive should inflation remain elevated. And of course, remember Biden said, there's no inflation. It's zero. Yeah. There's no inflation. Yeah. Nothing happened. Uh, and the argument was, well, it's not a spike right now. Therefore, it isn't an inflation. Like, what is it, 8 9% now or something like that? But because it was leveled in July, that's now it's zero. It's zero. It hasn't been a big spike. It's fine. Uh, anyway, you know the deal. The uh, The economy is intentionally heading for the toilet because uh, that's how they'll uh, take that's control. That's what they want. Just yes. like this whole fed to reset the housing market well it's part of the great reset right again jerome powell he was telling reporters their great big plan it was a whole lot of nothing (laughs) okay but they're trying to force this housing correction which is already taking place without the government needing to intervene right we don't need any kind of difficult correction by the government because housing markets it goes up and it goes down and it's going to be fine right well central banks are applying upward pressure on long-term interest rates, including mortgage rates, by signaling the short-term rates will remain higher for longer. Upward pressure is the politically correct way of saying it's more expensive for you, higher, longer interest rates. Exactly. (laughs) So basically making it unaffordable for people to buy or build a house so that less people do it, right? This is perfect for their great reset plan. They don't want us to own a house, right? They want us to rent that pod. So they said that by jacking these interest rates, it's going to cause demand for commodities like lumber and refrigerators. And so then those prices will fall and that it will spread throughout the rest of the economy in theory magically, uh, helping to curtail inflation. How? Because inflation was caused from printing too much money, so then lowering mm. production and creating unemployment, isn't that going to create more inflation? Well, yeah. remember what the banks, the Bank of America said that the, the American worker have, is having too much leverage now. 
because there's a shortage, right? So again, instead of then keeping the demand for, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. like the, the, the demand for work for, for employers to hire employees to, to get workers high, which means the prices for labor goes up. Yeah, they, exactly. They, they, uh, they're like, let's open up the border. We don't have any workers. Let's open up the borders. Like the ebb and flow of these economic systems are meant to be natural. Exactly. It shouldn't be this like, you know, actually we have a thing at the end and it, it dovetails with the climate thing as well, but this this endless growth capitalist system, which is just like eating itself alive right now because it, you, you can't force it to just endless growth and never ends. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But if there's a shortage of workers or the supplies required to expand production right in these industries, then we could see actually longer term shortages and in price increases. This is what the uh, smart economists are predicting. <laughs> and as we know, all this current inflation was manufactured by as manufactured supply chain shortages and profiteering. This is all around the COVID era, right? the end of the day they don't do anything to help us everything will just become and stay more expensive they want to solve solve inflation by basically reducing the amount of money that you have right because if you have anything to spend then it slows the rate of price increase so really they're just looking out for you okay they're just being nice by yeah, making it so you can't afford anything right so and in the long term it brings prices down no it's not yeah, they never do uh, anything to help it, us. It, it's ensuring the uh, more for us, less for you policy, <clears throat> which is which is coming on hard here. Well, actually, speaking of that, check this story out. This is from Financial Times, and I've, I said this about Sweden for the longest time. Like the the country might be wealthy on. I mean, m many countries are wealthy or wealthy only on paper because there's so much in debt. Anyway, these systems are are ready to collapse at any point. But if you kind of look at the population, it's like. Sweden was like you have a super rich, mega wealthy elite that controls everything, and the country has resources. Maybe even corporations have resources, or you know the government, you know, the highest taxes in the world essentially. But the people are like poor. It's like it's like mega wealthy, yeah. and then everyone else are like equally uh, <laughs> in the toilet kind of thing. Well, this was kind of interesting. Where they said that Britain and the U.S. are basically poor societies. They're basically second-world countries. Yeah, but I think the only that's true. difference is you have some very, very, very rich people in those countries that are kind of driving up this idea that it's like, oh, it's a we're mega wealthy. Country, but this is no? what progressives, communists, neoliberals—it's about killing the middle class, right? So it's like super rich, yeah. and then everyone else. I mean, yeah. Brazil's like that, and don't they—they they love Brazil, right? And they love that model. When it, I look at the subtitle here, when it comes to average household incomes, the UK may soon need to ask migrant laborers to take a pay cut. So this is why this has been so beneficial for them too, to like open up the borders and letting in all this cheap labor. Uh, so at least momentarily they can like drive down the price of labor and uh, something that benefits the migrants as opposed to the, the locals, the natives in the country. Yeah. Right. I'm not surprised <laughs> by that. Yep. Um, Dino, D Dino Legovic, I think it is, 1694, 1964 says over on Odyssey, uh, Dino is a great name for a baby boy, just saying. Hey, Dino De Laurentiis, is a, he's a pretty, uh, he's a pretty good, uh, is he a producer only? I think it was a producer, mm -hmm. Dino De Laurentiis, mm -hmm. one of my favorites. Yeah. Thank you, Dino, appreciate that. We'll keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What all if right. it's a girl? <clears throat> then what? Well, uh, Dino all the way. <laughs> <laughs> like in words says, does it feel demoralizing at times to see what has become of Sweden being the number one spot for crimes and rapes in Europe <clears throat> due to diversity? Yeah, every every day, <clears throat> many many sleepless nights. But uh, 
hey, what the fuck? Uh, this, what are you going to do? do you, you have to face the problem head on and you can't be blackpilled. That's what they want you. They want you to give up. They want you to do. I see comments all the time. Oh, well, that's it. It's over. You know, all the, no, the time. It's like, no. you know, it's like, yes, it's 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 pretty bad. But like, you know what? We can. There, there's, there's so a lot that's many options. Decayed. There's so many options of, of things that can and will be done before this is, you know, said and over. Uh, but um, victory is the only uh, it's the only option here. You know what I mean? Set your mind. Um, yep. Set your mind. Got to visualize, the what, visualize. What, you, what you want. You just got to start creating. Never think that. defeat. Never. No, I mean, just because you lose some big cities, like anything can happen here. Like I mean, complete chaos. Like energy shutdown, food supply. What do you think is going to happen at those circumstances? Like a lot of like down to earth Swedish people are going to be very well equipped. Not everybody by any means. I'm not trying to say that we're we're horribly detached from but like basic survival Swedes. skills and huh. stuff like that but exactly at least very much more equipped and i'm not saying it's like oh a collapse will fix it you know i'm not saying that either i'm just saying that's just one possible thing that could happen along the way and also you get a, you you still get you know you have to be patient you got to wait for when you actually are seeing full-fledged organization on behalf of like the majority of the swedish population in sweden towards the effort of like okay we need to do something about this. That's when it's going to get interesting. And anything can be done at that point. We can achieve, and we have achieved historically, far greater things. You know, I mean, this is a challenge. Don't get me wrong. But there's like, people have achieved far m- more with people that have, with those who had much less than us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm uh, yes, occasionally demoralized, but not um, not be- not beaten. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, no. One way. more for you, Joseph yes. Thomas Henrik. I might have missed you addressing this in an earlier stream. What do you think of the Sweden Democrats winning? Do you think that a more pro-white Sweden has a future? You did a video on this. <clears throat> yeah, I mean they didn't win. They became the second largest party, which is a big win from 2010 to 2022 to 2022 uh, 12 years from you know just barely making it into the parliament and then or like becoming one of the parliamentary. Uh, Parliamentally, parliament. That's a hard one. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. You know what I'm saying. They just got in to be able to be one of the major parties to you know get seats in the government. Okay. Four uh, percent threshold, and now twelve years later, second large. That's a huge win, especially for like a very complacent kind of habitual population that's that Swedes are. Uh, so that's a, that that is a very good morale booster. And it's not that the Sweden Democrats is going to fix anything. They might not even fix anything. They might not do anything. It might be slightly better. We don't know. We'll have to see. But they're going to form a government together with a moderate party, which sucks. And they're the ones who are also helped to make us multicultural. So it's not much better there. But we'll see what they can do. And, um, you know, maybe next election cycle or so, they will be the biggest party and they'll have the most sway. And we'll we'll see what they can do at that point. But it's just a barometer of like, okay, the, the Swedish people are willing Against all these labels and terms and slurs and stuff, they're, they're, they don't give a shit about that anymore. 20%, and it's almost soon 25% uh, of the voters are ready to like f- start talking about what to do about this. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's a good thing. That's very good. Yeah. So that's the short version. Y'all. All right. Mm, okay. So uh, check out this. We're going to talk about, you know, we talked about poor, <laughs> poor people and stuff, right? And uh, poor, poor, uh, poorness, I almost said, um, poverty and things like that. In the U.S., check out this Gavin Newsom. In 2008. Yeah. You know, vows to end homelessness in San Francisco in 10 years. Listen it's this. worse. People, it got worse. You have to. There's I mean, literal shit in like heroin syringes on the streets. It's not always <laughs> like what they say and it's always going to be the, the opposite. But almost by default, you can, you can take that approach. If they say something, expect the opposite of it to happen. Okay. And that's what we got here. 
We believe fundamentally that food solves hunger, that Does shelters <laughs> solve sleep, and that housing. That is a ground. Food that is a groundbreaking uh, concept. Oh my right there. god! Yep. I didn't that know that. Food solves hunger, that shelters solve sleep. And that housing. So sleep. <laughs> I'm going to solve your sleep hey, for you. Here's I mean, a house. Well, you know this, what? It doesn't solve sleep because I have plenty of sleepless nights and I have a house in a bed. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't solve that problem. Either. Oh, man. Look at this person. This is gold. What is it? This is this looks like it's 1998. What happened? Like, <laughs> he has to look at the screen because he forgot about the, yeah. the what, what house. We, uh, how do we solve? What's, <laughs> the what's house food? What does sleep? food uh, do again? <laughs> solve sleep and that housing <laughs> solves homelessness and if we're going to solve the problem uh, of those yes. that are out on the streets that we That's define right. as homeless we better solve we define the housing as homeless. Yes. problem <laughs> if we're going to have an impact and that's why we established this framework, what we call a 10-year plan to end chronic homeless in San Francisco. Didn't work. We believe fundamentally that food solves hunger. That's shelters. <laughs> oh, my God. oh my God! So, what was this this great master plan he had? It didn't work, did it? No, it was. We'll just import in more no. people than ever into San Francisco, and that's going to solve our homelessness. Did you uh, did you see some of the fights and stuff? Did I show you the footage of the fights, like the homeless fights in San Francisco, and like the poop everywhere and stuff? It's just I mean, no, it's but out I, of I I know. I mean, yeah. my parents grew up in the avenues there in the fifties, and. Mm-hmm. Total different world. I saw now, by the way, in San Francisco, they're putting all this money into, I think it was like $20,000 per garbage can, like a special garbage can that you can't uh, set on fire because Antifa's love to do that. Yeah. And like rummage through and throw junk into it and stuff. I don't yeah. know. Super expensive. That's what they're spending money on. Yep, exactly. All right. So anyway, that's fun stuff there for you. But uh, the more serious stuff here, uh, they're, of course, extending... Uh, we uh, we kind of miss, we didn't talk much about 9/11. It's just you know, and it's not that we shouldn't, but th- there's a lot of good people covering this, and it's kind of one of those like we've we've covered it so much. It's like all right, we, we know we know what this is about, but you know, there's newcomers, and it's not that. But anyway, um, what happened though is is of course that the they continued the national emergency that was declared back then in 2001 after 9/11, and it has now been running for 21 years. On September 23rd, 2001. By executive order 1322-4, the president declared a national emergency pursuant to the International Emergency Economic Powers Act, okay, to deal with the unusual and extraordinarily uh, extraordinary threat to the national security. Foreign policy and economy, uh, economy of the United States constituted by the grave acts of terrorism and threats of terrorism committed by foreign terrorists, including the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001. So a whole decree here, right? They declare that, blah, blah, blah. On September 9th, 2019, the president signed Executive Order 1388-6 to strengthen and consolidate sanctions to combat the continued threat posed by international terrorism. I'm surprised they just didn't put domestic in there because that's what they mean. That's what this is pivoted towards now. And to take additional steps to deal with the national emergency declared in Executive Order, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, so they continue that right now. And that, I mean, think about that. That means... We're still under national emergency it's been under two this decades. Act. Twenty-one years under this, and as I said, all of this has become. And people even back then said, when you know, Department of Homeland Security popped up, and people were like, yeah, I don't know about this. What if they, you know, they're using it against the Muslims now? But what if they use it against us later? Yeah, that's like, exactly yeah, that's, what happened. That's what happened. And of course, now the biggest threat, right, is the so-called domestic terrorist. But in of America. course, it's not. 
So no, they but, need to you know, create it. <laughs> they need to create it, exactly. So now, as we know, Biden has put a massive amount of pressure, not only in the FBI, that doing sting operations on white people, but even the Department of Homeland Security. And they might even be worse when it comes to this. Uh, but anyway, uh, Biden is pressing the FBI to fabricate extremist and white supremacist cases. Because again, if you can't, if you don't have the numbers, you, you don't have it, you gotta, you gotta make it. You gotta, you gotta fix the numbers, right? Can we just find any white guys that have committed any kind of crimes and just uh, call them white supremacists <clears throat> and terrorists? Apparently, it's very, very rare, you know, to be honest. Um, Rank-and-file FBI agents are accusing Biden and his administration of exaggerating the threat of white supremacists and pressuring agents to cook up domestic terrorist cases involving involving racist extremists. Current and former FBI agents told the Washington Times... Only white people can be that. Of course, that the perceived white supremacist threat is overblown by the administration. Of course it is. They said top bureau officials are pressuring FBI agents to create domestic terrorist cases and tag people as white supremacists to meet internal metrics. In other words, remember they said we're going to put as much money into um, the domestic terrorism or the white conservative terrorist bracket as we did to Muslim terrorism after 9-11. And so, of course, then you have to continue to create it. That this is to like justify the existence of these institutions and the new, what was it, there was a new agency, wasn't it, even that was created to deal just with like terrorists internally yeah. in, in the U.S. and stuff like yeah. that. I'm not surprised so by So they're it. watching right now, yeah. you know, trying to cook something up. Yep, and we play the clip of the the sting operations and all that stuff, right? Uh, and of course, meanwhile, you know, after that uh, little uh, spiel that Biden did after the uh, is that well, Yiddish? The spiel, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> you get threw me off. It's, a pro- yeah, it's appropriate it's here. Spiel, Barry Spielberg, right? Uh, <laughs> after that, the little uh, Philadelphia. Freedom Hall, is it Freedom Hall? Independence Hall, obviously, that right. Independence Hall speech, right? The, the dark Brandon speech, as people call it now. Uh, that, of course, whipped up a lot of uh, hatred and anger, especially towards conservatives and people who are not uh, liberal, progressive Democrats and stuff like that. So in the wake of that, of course, we had a uh, just a full-on killing uh, by an old uh, 41-year-old uh, guy who killed a Republican teenager, Kyler <laughs> Ellingson. Uh, and, of course, the latest update on this here is he was also set free. That's right. After posting a $50,000 bond on Tuesday, violent left-wing extremist Shannon Brandt admitted to striking and killing the young man with his SUV after a political argument during a 911 call to police, then fled the scene without rendering aid. So there you go. Here's the uh, perpetrator right there. Psycho. But, but this doesn't create... So I'm saying, how many times did we hear that you know, Trump creates violence by, you know, his rhetoric and these kinds of things, right? There he goes after MAGA Republicans in a speech. Uh, and, of course, this this triggers uh, people like this and so many others. Lunatics are like, oh, my God, this, they're right. <laughs> the white supremacists are everywhere. We have to take actions. You know, we have to do all these things. I, look, I'm not a one who believes in, like, if you say words and if someone does something because they heard those words, that, that, that then it's the person who uttered the words who is guilty. But by their own standard, surely this yeah, should be like... Yeah, then this guy you know what is I mean? guilty. Then yeah. they're guilty of programming this <clears throat> guy. Here's a, uh, here's a picture, I guess, of the guy. Yeah, it's like a teenager. Yep, teenager. Just, ki- just kill him. It's all, it's all right. Don't worry about it. All right. You get the idea. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, this is, uh, <laughs> it's never fails, right? Meanwhile, uh, FBI uh, officers are continued to being charged with, there's a nice way of saying it here too, felony soliciting a minor via computer 
uh, in order to get to you know, to, to diddle kids to to pedophile uh, to to be a ped to pedophile uh, <clears throat> to attack a minor an FBI agent attacked a minor um, by trying Felony to diddling soliciting him. minor yeah look at how they word that they don't want to just say pedophile an FBI <clears throat> agent was charged with trying so, to sir, visit a kid because he's a pedophile so is there a member of the FBI police. Is that different from just the FBI? The FBI police? No, is that different? Or the FBI The FBI and the police. police has been charged with soliciting a minor via computer by Bridgeport Police. Dale Edward Coveront, whatever, Jr. was charged by Bridgeport Police Detective Gary Weber, who, was, who has prosecuted scores of similar cases. His 52, this guy of Fairmont, used the profile name Don Marco to contact a female, August 18, on social media site, who stated she was 13. God. There we go. So more pedophiles within the FBI. I remember the, uh, I always go back to that case, but that's a famous one. They covered for them. Larry yes. Nasser is like, you know, the Olympics uh, coach for the gymnastics team. Found, you know, all these girls there starting to make accusations about him. They contact law enforcement. The FBI is called in to do investigation. And what happens? Uh, the FBI agents that are working on the case are asking to go work for the guy. <laughs> After they're like, oh, really? Are you? You're diddling kids here. Okay, what uh, do you have? A, do you have an opening? I'm, I'm, you know, sounds I'm like they have a, a culture at the FBI that's friendly towards pedophiles. Then, yeah, you could kind of, you could kind of say that. Uh, all right, Portens over on uh, Odyssey here. I'm gonna get back to that. Says people often say, money, uh, fix the money, fix the world. Do you think we would survive the government onslaught if we dumped fiat money for gold? No, I, I it's. Of course, it's, more it's than just money. part of the problem, but yeah, it's it's the, the you know the monetary system is not only it's cultural, it's metapolitical, it's you know racial people's mentality and stuff. But uh, no, that's obviously a huge part of the problem. We're being you know we got into this situation, I think, uh, by partially having our economic systems hijacked and stuff like that. But uh, is it the only thing? No, not not at this point anyway. Uh, okay. So we have PayPal too. Look at this. PayPal goes on another. <laughs> I haven't used PayPal in years. Oh, that's right. That's because I can't. Because we were banned like four or five years ago. Yeah, twenty. I think it was twenty eighteen. I think it's it was. funny how it's still like an awakening every time someone gets shut down on PayPal. Oh my god! I can't believe this is happening in America or UK or wherever. It's like, dude, it's been going on for years now. To all kinds of yeah. political dissidents. It's it's happening to them now because they didn't. You know. I, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, I'm not is, saying that it it's right. It I don't want that no, of to course happen no. No, to no, them, but, but you know, it's you been could, happening for a while. You, you like could argue news flash. Yet. It's going to be compartmentalized. People are not going to stand up for each other until like it gets severe enough that you can't, you know, look at petty differences. But whatever. So some group and some people that you know before kind of maybe didn't take this seriously or didn't think that it would ever happen to them. It's now beginning to happen to them as well. Obviously. PayPal shuts account of group who fought to keep schools open during the pandemic. Another casualty of recent PayPal purge, Us For Them, a UK parents group that campaigned to keep schools open during the COVID fraudulent lockdown pandemic thingy, <laughs> has been banned from PayPal because of, quote, the nature of its activities. I think that's exactly what uh, we had in our yeah, email from exactly. them too. The group says that after the ban, it's unable to access thousands of pounds in donations. There you go. Of course. We were completely taken aback to learn that PayPal was discontinuing our services due to the nature of our activities. No prior warning or meaningful explanation was given. And despite them saying we could withdraw our remaining balance, we cannot. So the co-founder Molly Kingsley uh, to the Telegraph, I think it was. Um, and here's another one. 
The Daily Skeptic has their PayPal shutdown too. I'm not sure. I think I've heard of them before. I have not. Laura Dodsworth has interviewed Toby. I guess that's the guy behind this outlet here. Uh, UK as well, I believe, about PayPal's shocking and ironic uh, deplatforming of the Free Speech Union and yeah. the Daily Skeptic. Yeah, free speech. <laughs> PayPal has closed the accounts of Free Speech Union, The Daily Skeptic, and founder Toby Young's personal account. I think he's a British guy. Since all three accounts were shut at once, and PayPal won't specify exactly why it has taken this action, it would appear to be a blatant case of censorship. Oh, yeah, of course. You don't, you don't, was, <laughs> of course you it don't is. say. This is big tech. Yeah, I follow Toby. He has some good posts. Oh, he does? Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. I think I might have come across him. This is big tech boulderization is that what it is and banditry as paypal is also withholding toby's funds which it has the right to do okay while it uh, well that's shouldn't that change be changed to that <laughs> while it decides whether to apply damages make no mistake this is a shilling insight into a war i'm making a little fun of it because it's like this as you said this has been, going, been going on, on for, for, years for you know almost uh, a knock a decade almost maybe some people were banned 10 years ago from pay yeah maybe almost a decade uh, i'll say as well anyway so this is one article and of course the same uh source the daily skeptic big surprise back to the pedophile stuff again paypal closes account of anti-pedophile group but keeps pro-pedophile <laughs> account open so that's basically like you want to deal with kids you're, you're in the you're in the safe zone what okay? a world one of the, the biggest companies in the world and of course all these foreign countries they use it now too outside of america right like you go to yeah. sweden it's paypal you go to estonia mm -hmm. it's paypal like everyone uses paypal it's like yeah. the one company uh, well, that's so got to change. There might have been some other outlets, too. I'm not sure what it was, but anyway. Yeah, and they listed. There were some other small ones I'd never heard of, but still, yeah. you know, they're knocking them off. I guess it was <coughs> Gaze Against Groomers. Is that an oxymoron? No, I don't know. <laughs> um, they had their, their account shut down. What was the other one I was thinking about, too? The... Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter, but the FBI... It's the same thing with the FBI thing. It's basically like as long as you're... Oh, it was the... Remember the groups that were... Um, uh, the sting operations, the pedophile sting groups that are mm -hmm. like the, many of most of them are based around YouTube, I guess, but they have other accounts as well. Um, you have an active uh, group inside of the media, people like uh, Ben Collins and Brandy Zadrozny, that's actually openly working to getting those accounts and YouTube channels shut down yep. in order to protect pedophiles. Th that's the that's nature right. of journalism now. People uh, that are the current year. caught. People that are known pedophiles, not mm -hmm. just alleged, right? In many cases where there's evidence and they don't care. Doesn't matter. They nope. don't care. Nope, doesn't matter. All right. Yeah, I have some things to say about this too. But <laughs> All right, so I got, can look at a clip here. Idaho, too. yeah, I mean, the Idaho's, clip. Yeah, do you want to read it? You can read it. Okay, Idaho's government <laughs> offers poor literacy and other corrupting practices to K through 12 students. Uh, here's the clip. Idaho government offers porn this literacy to students. This is central Idaho, right? Yeah, um, somewhere. Yeah, Planned Parenthood curriculum and advocates for abortion. Uh, someone says here, if this can happen in Idaho, it can happen yeah, anywhere. Just, just look at the, the kids in this video talking. Like, these are the ones, t teachers? Like, how old are these kids? And also, are they some kind of Latinx variety? I, I, I don't know. I don't Let's know. play the video. It's Check very it out. exciting here. Critical thinking skills are the largest component of porn literacy. 
It's the ability for young people to analyze and ask questions about the media that they're viewing. Porn is meant to sexually excite a viewer and create fantasy. It's a political right. weapon, lady. So let's go ahead and start with Ellen. So you're like 18. What do you know? Oh, I can't pause this for some reason? Okay. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll let it roll there. Activities include students watching cartoon porn. Yeah, text says here. Oh, wow. That's so big. Oh, great. For 12-year-olds? <laughs> I never knew it could be so huge. I'm sure they're showing a black hey, dude there, too. What are you looking at? Oh, that. Idaho's government links students directly to abortion resources. Also instructing children to come out to skeptical parents as, as gays, teaching students how to hide porn browsing from parents. Oh, oh good. good. When I've normalized watching porn and being curious, students are a lot more engaged in the conversation, but they're also building trust with me. It's okay if they have watched porn, and it's okay if they have thought about porn. I always make sure to say someone being curious about sex and or porn does not make them a bad person. It makes them human. It's so uh, it makes us it makes us human. It's a natural like we've been watching <clears throat> porn on TV and the internet since the beginning of humankind. This is some like natural human thing that helped us evolve. Okay, so usually these programs are funded by outside groups based in some big city whose goal is to push, you know, push this kind of degeneracy into every school in the country, especially small conservative areas. I've been following this. They know exactly what they're doing, right? Using sex as a weapon, just like how the porn industry was started. I actually want to do a deeper video onto this. But remember when Israel broadcasted porn from Palestinian TV stations that they took mm -hmm. over? Mm -hmm. Why did they do that? Even the U.S. Department of Defense had porn listed as a psychological weapon, as psychological warfare. During World War I, there was leaflets that were distributed and found by soldiers of nude women in an effort to distract them. We know this from letters that troops sent home and also from historical accounts. And then in Iraq, a lot of people don't know this, but the Americans didn't bomb the cinemas because as soon as they took over Baghdad, they started to show hardcore porn in the cinemas and they showed it for free, for free. This is a way to keep the men off the streets where they would otherwise be fighting, you know, the invaders. At the same time, it degrades the culture. It corrupts the youth. It creates issues between men and women. Does it teach them to respect each other or to have a loving family? Of course not. No, it teaches them perversion of natural healthy sex. It does not strengthen the family unit, which is the core of a healthy society, right? That is that is the key. This is why they're pushing it, and that's why it's a weapon. Porn also promotes, nowadays, homosexuality, race mixing, pedophilia, and as we know, kids and adults are being abducted, and they're being trafficked for it, okay? Yeah. This, this, this has no kid should be poor, have be porn literate. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And then you have, of course, the how it affects the brain uh, development and oh yeah the uh, whole the health how, negative how health it aspects changes on the top behavior, of it. specifically again of men but this is of course detrimental to everybody but it you know rewires you it makes you all weird and kind of 
you know, introvert, more self-esteem issues. You sex have, yeah. anymore. Yeah, like a ton of issues. But, I mean, again, it's clear that uh, these are these are <clears throat> weapons and these are being now used against uh, your, your kids to, to convert them. Again, military-grade, <laughs> you know, style uh, programs are, are run against uh, our own populations in our own countries. That's right. And there was to control them. There was an article. When was that from? Oh, I don't know. It was a long time ago, 2013 or something, maybe. Uh, Nathan Abrams on Jews and the American porn industry. He writes this good piece. A story little told is that the Jews in Hollywood seedier cousin, the adult film industry, right? He writes this big article, and this went around. It's kind of, we're going to touch upon another good one that was written. Come on, of course, the Jews are on Hollywood, right? But there's a couple good pieces written by Jews themselves uh, detailing uh, the porn industry. Mm-hmm. And also yeah. getting into how it has been a weapon. <clears throat> yeah, no, absolutely. Of course, uh, it is weaponized. And again, it's not only that you can be like, you know, kind of controlled and manipulated by vices and things like that. But it just it's just so detrimental to like, I mean, remember for time there, there was like all the leftists were like shrieking out when there was like no not November as it became known as uh, in the no fap movement and stuff like that. Like, hey, what a minute, like. There was some like self-awareness internally in those who criticized that by saying this is like how we keep control. And some even said this is how we've prevented fascism now for decades, like free. And again, as soon as anything is free, right, nothing is ever free. And if something ever is offered for free, there's always a price. There's always a cost. There's always, you know, something at the end of that. It's always a hook, right? Yeah. All right. So this is one of the reasons why people are pulling their kids out of school, even in conservative areas, because somehow some activist org way over in New York or Washington, D.C. has their tentacles into some little school in Idaho. Yep. You know, and this is happening. It doesn't matter if it's a a red state anymore. They just push their crap anyway. And it just takes takes, you know, one activist teacher who's like. 19 or something and then there it is your kids watching porn in like uh, third grade you know Uh, i mean uh, base minimum these people need to be uh, arrested for for subversive uh, uh, harmful tactics against children and they need to be there needs to be you know it's good with like conservative backlash and oh the oh the clip ended up on libs of tiktok and and look i know they're driving this narrative now that it's it's going to be very, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with someone like the Jewish woman who runs Lips of TikTok or even a Matt Walsh, which has been very good on like you know exposing things such as the uh, Boston Children's Hospital, for example. There's many about other videos that become you know viral with the help of the, of, of those people and and those surrounding them, and they're driving this narrative right now that. Someone apparently called the Boston Children's Hospital, and they uh, uh, did a bomb threat. Sure, they did. And it's like the you know is it is that real? Is that fake? Is it blah blah blah. But uh, the narrative then is like, well, that means that if libs of TikTok posts a video, it's their fault, right? And so I would assume that they will gonna try to hold them criminally accountable. And it's kind of what um, was it Biden who called for that? Uh, what group was it again who called for the? I think it was someone in the Biden regime that calling for uh, an overhaul of Section 230, and it's kind of part of mm-hmm. that as well, that then instead of, let's say, holding someone like the account holder responsible, they want that, that Twitter is responsible. You, you know, you that information was published on your website. You're, you're now responsible, which then is going to lead to, of course, that they're not going to allow any of these accounts to exist at all. But I can see how this would go to, like, 
someone like Matt Walsh, someone who's like, uh, what, what's his name? Her name again? The sh- 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 I Shari- can't remember. Sharika yeah. Rahizi or something. I forget what her name is. The libs of TikTok, uh, a Jewish one there. Um, we'll say if they start losing their bank accounts and these kinds of things, or do they get? Will they get a pass? Because I assume they won't back off of this. They're going to con- keep going on this. So we'll we'll see what happens. We'll keep an eye on it. But it's interesting. Point is, great with backlash, but that's not nearly enough to just like, oh, I got some mean tweets, uh, you know, like these people need to be held accountable. Then there needs to be like punishments for for trying to manipulate kids. You know what I mean? Like that that needs to be. Otherwise, they're going to just keep doing it because it's like, oh, here's another person yes. and Punishment. nothing happened. And so it's all fine. No, you know? something needs to happen. Yes. Uh, then you're going to go to jail. Uh, put them in jail and, and like a, a long prison sentence for doing things like this. You know, and this is just one example. There's a million out there now. But um, well, speaking anyway. of Idaho in uh, Coeur d'Alene, which Coeur d'Alene is not a liberal town, but liberals are very loud and somehow they get into these positions like the Arts Commission. Now, Coeur d'Alene Arts Commission, it's basically like what? eight people or something like that and it was all these women that just looked like your typical liberal kind of woman a while ago last year they tried to push a piece of art which was just like a big black fist let me, sh- to let put, me show to it here. put downtown yeah this and is then the one there right was, here let me just show that here yep. oh i'm sorry a gold yep. one i said and i remember i said hey let's paint uh, it white then if you're going to put that up right no uh, so the city was all people came out to you know say no we don't want this in our town uh, all these million different reasons why so then they said okay we're not going to do that well fast forward to today today a new $75,000 public art piece went up in Quarter Lane down like right when you're heading downtown right by the human rights uh, what's it called human rights institute or something it's this uh, no one ever goes there but they're there they have the prime uh, piece of real estate and they're there kvetching about people that live in Quarter Lane Idaho kvetching about racism and prejudice all the time so now the $75,000 public art piece this is a model of it in the library goes up today it's called the monument to peace and unity uh standing 24 <laughs> feet tall and the four corners intersection right when you come right downtown quarter lane which is beautiful and it's a, as a commitment to eliminate racism there and prejudice so, right so and then anti-white. they say they say oh but it's not geared towards the history of quarter lane per se but just what's going on in america and it was commissioned by this the Asianish looking woman from Humanity Memorial Inc. So she's not even local. It's not even a local artist. Of course not. No, they give seventy five grand to this woman who's yep. like super anti white. She's got this Humanity Memorial Inc. that's based in West Virginia and Florida. Like, lady, what are you doing in West Virginia and Florida to conservative areas? To conservative New white Mexico, areas. Which is doing that. Yeah, and then she's putting up all this bogus art and stuff, yeah. right? Like yep. super anti-white. So I hope something happens to the statue. Yeah, everyone I hates mean, it, but it's so sly. It's just like they boom. Yeah. Did like we just heard I, about it today? You, you know, know, I bet you that uh, basically anything that happens that's bad in this city, or this town, whatever you want to call it, is in vicinity of that human rights, uh, you know, oh, institute. Yeah. We all like, know it. We it's all know basically it. got the whole the whole pride, uh, the grooming kids, the pedophile. It's all event. the people in there. It was like yes. literally like run out of that building. You know, and it's like, look, I'm not saying like, yeah, go vandalize this thing. I was like, you know, we can't say that. But I bet you what the, I bet you that they kind of have that themselves in the back of their mind. They're probably set up like cameras to survey this thing. And it's funny because when the the, the fist didn't go up, I said, just just I, I said that at the time, like, hey, look, they might not have gotten this one up. 
but they'll come back and they'll do something e either worse or they'll do something which is like seems a little less so you know quote unquote controversial but then that's how they usually get the foot in through the door right you also you also have to keep in mind oh well who cares it's just no this these are symbolic these are daggers in a symbolic dagger and it, and it, I, i'm firm firm believer that some of these modern art pieces pieces are so weird excuse me <clears throat> weird and ugly and and bizarre and you know like degenerate doesn't even cover it they're they're like monsters some of them like the the the, the it just feels horrible it looks like an like a, an alien you know weapon have landed or something yeah and just it's like, like a infestation exactly I mean, it just I can puts it, out bad energy right bad That's energy exactly i mean people have even said that like they go to an area and it fe literally feels different in the air because this new weird ugly thing is yeah, that, and that, that and Lane has other beautiful art that's dedicated to like nature and natural things i like that kind of art it fits the northwest it fits yeah. the idaho vibe and then this monstrosity yeah. Which is just basically another, like, yay, Tower of Babel. You know, it's always the same shit. Yeah, that look, it, it kind of, yeah, I guess it looks like, remember that, oh, who was that who did that art again? Um, did, it was basically, people said, no, it's a, it's a, it's a butt plug. And the artist said, "No, no, no! It's a it's a uh, it's a pine tree. <laughs> Remember that the gr the green one? He went up in like I forget if it was mm. Paris or London or something like that. Uh, Nelson or I, I, I'll I'll dig that up. The shape kind of reminds me of that a little bit, to be honest. You know, what I mean, like a jagged version of of this uh, modern artist's uh, uh, butt plug. I'm sorry, I mean pine tree. A lot of people story. are upset about this, so we'll see what's what's going to happen. You know, seventy five thousand, yeah. not even a local artist, a small, tiny group of people that somehow could just make this happen. Yeah. right downtown, yeah. right in your face, and it's right by the Human Rights Institute, which exactly is the center of everything anti-white that is happening in uh, Coeur d'Alene. And then right? go back to that point again. It's like, <clears throat> they, they, you know, they, they know what this is. This is all about antagonizing. It's all about pushing as hard as they can. Uh, it's to make a statement. It's to put a dagger. In a conservative area in a conservative on purpose. Area, like, in a white, this is our flag. Primarily white right? area, you know, things like that. that. That's what it is about. And they have their sights set on that. And, you know, so if something were to happen with something like this, they're going to go back tenfold. And, oh, it needs to be, you know, even bigger now. Or, you know, even, oh, my God, I can't believe it. It's an attack on uh, diversity or, you it's know, It's funny. Peace. We had a, yeah. our friend happen to be driving by yesterday and saw a guy installing it. Just this one white guy, like hammering it in it's like you want to yell at him like wake up dude <laughs> like destroy it well that's it. the thing Don't put it up there's there's always someone who's going to be like re willing to do that job you know what i mean <laughs> until that changes nah nah it's not gonna happen. be a, a shame if uh, it got destroyed somehow <clears throat> yeah uh it's such a beautiful so, such a beautiful thing you know or there was, I, uh, I love to how it's just like can you get more Gen generic cliche peace and unity yeah it's like all the hands <laughs> really and a, all the hands of different colors in a circle yeah, di around the globe and diverse i mean like that's how wasn't, gay it is wasn't that one did you add in that video that you were looking no, at no it was on her website it was so bad it's like 1992 diversity promo it, picture style you know what i mean like oh really is this, like okay. peace and unity that's not that's not what's going to happen in, in the um, world okay that's not what this planet's about <laughs> yeah clearly yeah all right do you have a couple there or? uh oh yeah 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 okay uh friends of mary fagan says sexual deviancy is the common bond amongst leftists yeah it is huh? 
MHT, something I like to add about the harms of porn is that the defenders say it keeps people from committing rape, but many rapists have confessed they did what they did because of you. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. true. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Same yeah, with the pe- same with pedophiles, right? They say, oh, yeah. it's okay if they view these pictures as long as they don't do it in real life. Well, what about the kids in the pictures? How did, how did they get there? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and even that, it's still going to spur them to now they become. Oh yeah, now they want the real thing. about it. Now they exactly. It's not I mean, enough. It's going to know you. you let, these people. I mean, they have to be like castrated or something if they don't like if they don't stop this behavior. That, that that's it. It's like a. It's yeah, not I even vote a, for castration. It's not <laughs> even like a, a one time uh, slip up and and you're out. It's like no, it it. it can't literally cannot happen. Like if you're caught watching this stuff on the internet or something like that, like you need to be, like there the needs to be. This is amazing. Our ancestors did it. They did this thing where they basically had consequences for for actions <laughs> that harmed uh, children or our community or our people or stuff like that. And that's the only thing that's going to do it. The more liberal and progressive and like open up all the prisons, everybody we become, the more of course incentivized the criminals and well, the uh, child rapists and things like this become. That's why they have to be so hard in Muslim countries, right? Because <clears> there's <throat> a lot of those. Yeah, it's like, what do they do that? They, they chop the hand off if you steal something. They, they uh, I don't know what they do. Hang they throw you, the throw you off of buildings they, or something. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I mean, they have less of that stuff. That, well, it's still underground stuff there, though, to be honest, right? The whole uh, Bashir Bahi or Bari, whatever it's called. All right. Um, anyway, so memes. I guess it's, it's all about memes. Let's play this clip here. This is, this is really good stuff here. So Joan Donovan, she's one of the three... Uh, <sighs> I'll be nice here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, she's, Time for being nice she's is over. One, <laughs> Stop she's it, one, She's one whale uh, of uh, of two other. Of she's course, a it's fat always, cow. Yeah, and uh, she basically... And cows are at least are good for something. They give you milk or meat. What does this woman give you? <clears throat> she, she gives us uh, books about how memes are dangerous and they need to be... They need, they're bad and they need to be banned because otherwise, again, it's this... The uh, word... No, well, in this case, it's memes, but it's the same idea. I, I, ideas leads to violence so therefore we need to ban the ideas that we don't agree with kind of thing and it's framed out of like the QAnon stuff and of course we're not a big fan of that not you know the trump movement but it's funny how they're like they take on this like it's it's this huge circus now where the leftist liberal talking points are so absurd so over the top they still try to claim like when uh QAnon maga people holds up a finger that's a nazi salute i mean i read the, the piece wednesday where they're arguing this like in the atlantic and the guardian and the more kind of obvious exaggeration gets on the point of view of the liberal progressives, you almost get that the response and therefore the allegiance to to Trump and maybe even to the MAGA movement or, or the QAnon movement or something kind of strengthens because of the absurd um, attacks by their op- opposition. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like mutually beneficial. And then the QAnon goes on to do something retarded and that feeds back into the left where they think, oh my God, they're going to, you know, if we don't stop them, the earth, the earth will go under. You know what I mean? So it's like this just circus of like completely disconnected groups uh, that are at each other's throat and that is now ending up dominating like the political discourse. So the whole thing is kind of retarded, but it's not that this will stop at a QAnon movement. It always goes further. And base, the basic point of the clip here is that Joan Donovan, one of the alternative 
network influencers uh, women who wrote that report it's a couple of years ago now uh, to basically shut down YouTube channels such as ours and so many others uh, she's arguing that that basically we need to ban memes so check out this it took absolutely no time for Donald Trump to attack Letitia James today the former guy calling her a racist and calling the investigation <laughs> a witch edgy hunt. stuff yeah all right well whatever this is not the point this is not the point of the video, but <laughs> we'll get to it. I mean, she don't get me wrong, Letitia James, totally insane lo anti-white lunatic, yes. Exactly the type of misinformation that becomes internet memes, spreading lies to all corners of the internet. Oh, no. Our next guest has bad white all women. about this, yep. Dr. Joan Donovan. She's Doctor. the research director of the Shorenstein Center <laughs> on Media, Politics, and Public Policy. Jabba. And the author Jabba of the, the Hutt, what's up? Book, Jabba the Hutt's daughter. Meme Wars, no, meme Wars. You know there's a lot of memes about her, so she's just butthurt about it. Probably. ...in America. Joan, people think memes are funny, they're silly. They're they not. are. Take me to tonight. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump was on TV for an hour, spreading lie after lie about Tis James and her investigation. How soon before that enters the meme machine and the misinformation? <laughs> the mean machine. Oh, fat it's girl's worried about the mean machine. The meme machine. <laughs> it's gonna s chew us up alive and spit us up. So uh, one of the things that I did right before we came on air was just take a look at her name on Twitter and Facebook and. There's quite a few people that are positively memeing her and saying, you know, she's, oh, so that's good, you know, here for law and order. So, you you know, you've oh, got a lot of those are good memes. out there. But ultimately, they're, uh, if, they're but, no, if they're known for one thing, it's law and order. What we're seeing, not though, good diets. <clears throat> is that people are starting to want to dig up. Well, in, uh, Twitter research is, is a hard business, you know what I mean? dirt on her you start to see people spreading racist memes uh, oh, with no. her face oh, and no. of course just in the same way that we've seen uh trump and his allies go after uh political opponents oh but you guys never do that they never do that's what's never so good about this. Yeah. her and the investigation through this memetic war which is going to play Listen out in many now. different ways on different platforms say that again what kind of war a memetic war, war meme war so it's it's um, that's a new term for us. Yeah, so. You idiots. You cringe, I, I said it last time. Idiots. But, but I said it when, like, Ben Collins, here's the internet guy. And he's going he's, to he's gonna tell. The specialist. He's going he's gonna to tell Lawrence, stop the hammering, O'Donnell. You know who that is? Yeah. Stop the hammering. Um, he's going to tell that, that, that old boomer guy of, like, so, Ben. What are they saying on the internet? What Tell are, us. <laughs> what are the cool kids saying yeah. on the internet? <laughs> it's like and the ooh, dark corners of ooh, the internet. Mimetic I, warfare. Oh, I can't wow. even like enter into an address bar. That's a, that's a new word for us. <laughs> Exciting. Tell us all about it. There we go. I mean, we've all kind of done it online. You know, someone will say something, we'll respond with a meme, and it's very funny, and it really promotes in-group solidarity. But when you have a meme like something like "Stop the Steal," okay, okay, okay. So you all. You can. You're only allowed <laughs> to promote in-group solidarity if it's if it's our group. Yes. Okay. If it's, it's for the to, left. Just so we're clear on that. Exactly. That's right. It really distills something very simple uh, that gets the message across, and then the other thing it does is it coordinates people, and so they start to oh, take no, action. Oh no, they're organizing. Sometimes. Holy shit! They're actually organizing on the internet. <laughs> wow. Small retweeting, sharing, uh, maybe making another meme. But over time, oh, no. it yep. creates this networked solidarity, and then people start um, 
moving from what we call the wires to the weeds. So something like so yeah. So so when when we con <laughs> when we consider it to be crossing a line, then we have to put out a warning about that. And preferably, we would just like law enforcement to kind of arrest those people now. And we, they we have, have visited here, people so. over memes. Of course, they, in America, in the UK, UK in Canada, Sweden like they have done it. Yeah. they visit teenagers because they posted a meme online. Yep. They act like it's some nuke. Stop the steal becomes the January 6th insurrection. They know we have all the good memes. <laughs> so that's that's what they're really upset about, right? See, and that's what I say. Exactly. And that's, you know, I mean, on that front, I mean, look, the left... Jokes on them. Saying the left can't meme, that's that's just obviously dumb because, like, well, they meme all the time. They, by putting up that artwork, that's them memeing of sorts. Right. I mean, they control the discourse and all the stuff. But when it comes to like a little bit more underground and actually making fun of the establishment, because their opinions are the establishment now, they're not as good on that. They still get shit done and they're you know, continuously, week after week, after month, after year, they're ruining our civilization and, and, and us, right? So it's not that it, they don't hold, hold any power. But even, with, but even with as little pushback as they're receiving at this point, they know where this is going. They're seeing the <laughs> trends. They don't like it. They want it shut down. They want special agencies to be out there right now policing the Internet, which they, as you said, they really are already. But then they want them to arrest people that are spreading information that they, they do not approve. All right? I love it, too. They think it's just memes that mobilizes the far right. Nothing that they do. Right? Is there any of their behavior that's like, hey, let's organize against it? It's this one picture that just like entranced people and they just went nuts and became far right extremists. It's absurd. Yep, that's it. Does that mean you go from the wire to the weeds and someone like Tish James, her team, could be in real danger because if he starts See, pushing dangerous. this out to the MAGA set, to the January 6th crew, and she's target number one, mm -hmm. that's not just jokes. Yeah, and we've already started to see him tapping into the QAnon crowd. A colleague of mine, Juliet Kayem, was writing about this in The Atlantic today about how oh, now that he's really <laughs> Great source, into QAnon and the memes around that, particularly these phrase, the storm is coming, he's getting desperate. <laughs> and these are not the kinds of people that are going to act like typical political constituents because they're not people who are here for the party. They're here for, um, in some instances, what they call the God Emperor or MAGA King. Oh, come Trump. on. They don't really this, mean this, that. No, this oh, is my God. These people have no sense of humor. L listen to this. this is a, oh, is my a, God. This is an amazing segment here of like, what do you, and she's like, what do you, what do you mean? Tell, listen, listen to this. House. Let's go. This is fascinating. Let's go deeper into this. Listen to this. The God Emperor or MAGA King. Yeah, is this so the first time you've heard this, lady? Emperor, uh, yeah. uh, meme and how that what germinated. Is that? It, it comes from video gaming, and, and there were a lot of memes of Trump being uh, exalted, you know, in armor and looking as if he's much bigger than he is, slaying dragons. Um, and this was something that people were sharing online as a way of, uh, you know, roiling up some of the liberals, you know, getting in the face of other well, people. Well, obviously it It got you. <laughs> it, it got you, fatty. I mean, that's what's so weird about it. So at least up to this point, she's saying, obviously, no one is like, this isn't real. Yeah, she's but it, laughing, but, but all of a sudden. But, it, but, but it, no, because January 6th, am I right? So we basically, it could just, the, the nuke will go off at any moment with these people. Real quick, Jimmy Fallon says, she seems really bummed about. In fact, Trump himself. Ooh, there we go. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Jimmy Fallon says, she seems really bummed about people networking over memes. Maybe some chocolate will make her feel better. Oh, there you go. Exactly. And go on the Chinaman. <laughs> running the 10K. Oh, good. Red yeah. eye shirt. 
Uh, it says they cannot meme because they are the meme. Yes, exactly. Yep. Jokes on them. Well, Joan Donovan certainly. Is. <laughs> oh All my right. gosh! Let's look at her. <laughs> let's finish up that. <laughs> she uh, is that the living here. meme. She is the of a meme. liberal. So God. So last portion here on the on the God King Emperor. And again, it's like. I mean, I know some of these, you know, mega people do it still, but like that's like 2060. They're so they're like a half a decade behind almost. You know what I mean? Has moved on be- beyond a persona and is now a, a man-made meme. A man-made meme. Ooh. Joan Donovan, thank you for joining us. Thank oh you for your work. Oh, my God. When we come back. Thank you for what? your work. Wow. Liz Cheney's bill to prevent... And then back to that, you know. Mind, <laughs> mind blown. Look at that. Oh, my God. She's She got bigger? Yeah. Like, it's just... It's the uh, it's the weight of the responsibility God. there at the uh, Shorenstein <laughs> Center that just it just weighs on me. Okay, <laughs> I'm trying oh, to fix man. the world. <laughs> oh my God! And that, this is, that this hair. Is re- this is reality. Like, this is you know this is what this, this is, is the expert. You know these are experts. They, they bring in Ben Collins. They bring in Brandy Zdrozny. They bring in Joan Donovan. They bring in Becca Lewis. I mean, this is like this. This they're they're truly. Uh, in a <laughs> class of their own, and they're they're hauled out on these mainstream media channels and platforms and TV stations as like some great authority on like what to tell us about what's happening out there on the internet, which She's shows an, you a great authority on how to unwrap a Twinkie the fastest. <clears throat> yeah, should do some research <sighs> on the uh, keto diet. <laughs> uh, no, we don't want her to be healthy. No, that's true. We, yeah. We're happier with her. Being, uh, <laughs> Get another nice, jab, Java. Nice, big and round. <laughs> so much to squeeze. Oh, Speaking of memes, I did see a fun one. Shout out to Joe for sending this. Because uh, it is a meme. I couldn't find it. it but it, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a real article. But yep. we can pull it up so we can show it, right? Oh, is it here? Do we have yeah, it? I think I have it in the list there. Because it's, oh. it's pretty funny. About the Greens Oh, the, and Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, let me, uh, let me switch over here. The Greens' policy to end racism and whiteness by having state-run interracial breeding programs. Green Party leader (laughs) flounders again in an interview about her own policies regarding the breeding program, set out plans for white British women to have children with foreign men from Africa and the Middle East, forced to admit it would take decades to implement an expensive plan, embarrassed at end of interview when she says white men should be castrated. I don't know. I think that's funny. It's hilarious because they pretty much do in a roundabout way promote this stuff. Yeah, and first it was like, Wait a minute. Is it real? Is it not? Yeah, because you get you got to check. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah, it might actually be real. Sometimes when the wording is like too obvious, it's like, like all right, breeding this is a, programs. Yeah, this is a little it. bit too good to be true. But at the same time, we know that they like that. These are the policies that they do want, right? That's what that's what makes that. Yeah, mean covertly, funny. they're pushing this all the time, right? right? I mean, that's yeah. what makes the, the the fake news headline and the meme, if you will, then funny because it's so it's right up to that like border, if you will, or the the barrier of of between yep. real and not real. Like, that's wait right. Minute, what's going on? You know? That's right. right. Memes work. Let's see. Uh, Joseph Thomas, long live the goddamn. King Trump. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Cuck Free Zone, thank you very much. Says real nuggets for the God and Goddess Emperor. <laughs> thank you, Cuck Free Zone. Very nice of you. Yes. Uh, thank, thank you for you. stopping by. It was good to see you. Mr. Wright over on Odyssey says uh, the left is like dogs marking lamp posts. There you go. Or like, uh, what is it called again? Uh, the, Pissing uh, on territory. What is it called? The, the water? Would you, the fire hydrants, right? Is that what it is? They're like, uh, yeah, lamp posts, fire hydrants, stuff like that. Right? Thank you, Mr. Wright. Appreciate that. So, um, well, so, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have to do, this was actually kind of funny. This is funny. So we get, <laughs> let's see if I can set this up right. There's a guest on, on InfoWars 
And the host, the guest host on Enforce is Alex Stein. And the guest brings up uh, his experiences uh, in Hollywood. Uh, and what he, uh, the conclusions that he draw from what he saw there, and this is what happens next. But it, what has been kind of hidden is the the, the gay casting couch. You know, uh, the day I arrived in Hollywood, they they told me when I was offered the job at Warner Brothers that uh, um, you need to know this town is run by a homosexual and Jewish mafia. And I believe. Oh my gosh! Right, don't say that. Right, we got to wrap it up. No, uh, be careful okay. what you say on Infowars. Even here, I don't, uh, we don't want them coming after us. Thank you, Luke. We don't want uh, them to come after us. Okay, so Ooh. you could say uh, the Chicoms, you could say Muslims, you could say the white leftists, you could say any of those, but just don't say <laughs> gay Jews, okay? So you can't say anything about white, Jews, right? White liberals, that's okay, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. There, there you are. Yeah, white liberals. That's okay, right? That's that's not. It's not really a problem. That's that's fine. That's uh, <laughs> soon as you bring it up. But yeah, as I said, here's that. This is an old classic, right? We've shown that's this headline so many times by Joel Stein. 2008. Is he even write anymore? I'm not sure if he writes anymore. Uh, L.A. Times, right? Who runs Hollywood? Come on, you know? yeah. <laughs> the, come totally on, run Hollywood. He says there. Of last course, line this is this is, this is great. Yeah, actually, it just shows how dumb Americans has gotten. Jews totally run Hollywood. How deeply Jewish is Hollywood? And then they go through the history. And, of course, yeah. we've talked about Hollywoodism many, many times. And it's like, and it's kind of, it's the same thing so there. You just like, have to work there to know real quick who runs it. <clears throat> well, yeah, but you don't even have to do that. You can just look at who. Well, of course. Of course. But in, in case you the... need more confirmation, <laughs> right. literally anyone I know who has lived in L.A. and has tried to be an actor or has been affiliated in the film industry somehow, they all know. <laughs> sometimes sometimes <laughs> all I'm, know. I'm convinced that, uh, how do I explain it? And it's the same with this, like, how the progressive left runs like dumb narratives because those those are so easily debunked by the but uh, by, by the conservatives on the, the MAGA people on the MAGA crowd and you get this like how do I explain you get this like feedback loop where, where they're feeding off of each other by being more and more retarded than the other and in some cases of course it is exaggerations and it's not true and they're running with things and all that stuff you know the accusations about the other but it's kind of a little bit the same here that it's so obvious and it's so easy to find this out and to it's been documented over and over there's books about it there's films about it there's people making videos about it there's them themselves saying it right over and over but but continuously denying it in you know, well, this is mainstream media, but this is a rare. This doesn't happen too. that often. You know, kind of like exactly. Yeah. It's a few years ago now, but by denying that, it almost feels like that that those who are like seeing this obvious reality are going nuts, right? It's like, I, it, like I can't even like how can they not even see this? This is so obvious and so basic that you like you lose your grip with like maybe not reality, but at least those that you're opposing, you know what I mean? Like there, you, you come to that conclusion, it's like there's no way of reaching these people and neither are they interested with it, you know No, what I mean? and they're also so terrified of being called an anti-Semite or being attacked or losing their, you know, whatever, his show or is he filling in for Alex? I don't know who this guy is. But yeah, it's, some, just, some it's cowardly there. and it's spineless and it's dishonest, especially if you claim to be pursuing the truth. Yeah, what's the big deal, right? What's that's, the big that's deal? The big why, thing. Yeah. why is it that you could say any other people, but you can't say that group when it is that group? They have yep. that much power that you can't mention who has the power. <clears throat> so I'm not sure if it's Alex Stein who got the, you know, he's just he's just clued in. Is he, is he is he Jewish, by the way? I forgot to look that up. Alex Stein? I mean, because there's people with Stein, I think, they are not Jewish. So anyway, uh, but yeah, so maybe he's covering it a little bit, or maybe he got that, you know, f you know, order from up top. And, you know, then you have this whole... 
you know, the lawsuits going on. Another one now, I think this one is in Connecticut with Alex. We haven't followed that closely, to be honest. But um, but one thing we know, they uh, they do like their sex parties in uh, Hollywood, too. I remember this little uh, tweet oh, yeah. that came out, right? Making a comeback. They never mm. went away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now they're just uh, throwing kids in the mix. Dear God. <clears throat> yeah, now they have, uh, you know, Epstein egg-shaped, uh, you know, uh, uh, penis. and just out in the open. What was the Weinstein again? It was like some... Wasn't there someone who said he kind of have a, has a vagina or something like that? Almost no, like a vagina. No, that was the other was it, uh, um, producer. Wein- that was why. Wein- that Weinstein. was Weinstein. Yeah, that was Weinstein. Weinstein. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Weinstein. They yeah. almost he almost had a vagina. <laughs> so that will be that'll be an interesting. Uh, Is it just party because there, he has like a, a skin flap that folds over his <laughs> balls or something? I don't know. I really don't want to speculate. <laughs> <laughs> on that. <laughs> All right. Um, so, I, I wanna, so that takes us into this topic here, right? And you know, we talked about Sweden a little bit earlier, and of course, you know, the the, the, more, the one issue that's dominating uh, Sweden right now is is immigration. That's been the issue that's been dominating for the last couple of decades because it's just so out of control, so insane, so crazy. Um, but we can we can we can fix this. We will fix this. It's, no matter what happens, we will fix that's this. Right. All right. Uh, but th- this is interesting. Bari Weiss, she has kind of positioned herself to be <clears throat> so as same thing as her as her uh, Substack, I think it is, or is it her site? I don't know. No, it's her Substack, but it's also a site because she has a domain for her Substack, Common Sense, right? Bari Weiss, she's the she's the kind of the common sense conservative Jewish woman, sure. right? She used to work at the liberal New York Times, but now she's like. She, she she sees things. Okay, we're going to talk about that. You know, so we should. So here's another tweet from Barry Weiss. Here, uh, it may be shocking for Americans to learn that in Sweden, the land of IKEA, Spotify, and Greta Thunberg, there have been almost 500 bombings since 2018. Perhaps the reason you don't know about it is because of the uncomfortable reality of how we got here. That's the that's her paragraph right there. And that uh, got, you know, tweets and stuff. And it's, you know, generally, so, well, that's good. She's getting out, you know, information about what's happening. So, okay, that's fine. You know, that's that's good, right? But then there's this another, another whole set of problems that comes with this when someone like a Barry Weiss is going to tell us about the situation in Sweden. And for even more, worse than that, of how we got here, <laughs> right? Because of course, will she tell the truth? I mean, she's she's not the one writing the piece, but she knows the woman who wrote the piece. She's another Jewish woman. She lives in Sweden, uh, Paulina Noiding. And uh, she, she's the author of the piece, right? But they know each other. She's also writing for um, the New York Times and stuff like that. Uh, she, this is from just a couple of uh, yesterday, actually. The two bombings in one night, that's normal now in Sweden. My country just voted in a right-wing government. The almost 500 bombings since 2018 may have something to do with it. Oh, no, you think so? <laughs> it was in a puzzle piece, a meme, right? Click, like, oh, wow, my God. She Who else has it, something right? to do with it? Yes. Uh, and, it was, and so she writes about that, blah, blah, blah. And again, that's fine. It's not a problem. Talk about this, right? But again, how did we get here? Right. Well, how did this happen? And then there's still like this kind of there's still this warning about the far right with these people. Obviously, they always have to kind of control that discourse and control the dialogue. Right. But if you look at a couple of other pieces by Paulina Noiding, who I believe is a friend. Oh, so her biggest concern here is uh, 
Jews in Sweden. Yes. yes. Um, so if you, you know, they know each other, they, they, they talk with each other. Here's uh, a couple of ones. My take on the recent attacks against Jews in Sweden and the wave of anti-Jewish incitement. Sweden's leaders must address the cause of the new anti-Semitism or this is only going to get worse. My op-ed for the New York Times, right? Some other one. Uh, here And here's that piece, right? Uh, the uncomfortable truth about Swedish anti-Semitism. Swedish, yeah, right. So, swe- exactly. So, the, even the framing of this, right? This is now swe- a Swedish problem kind of thing, right? Here's some other... Uh, headlines, Project Syndicate by Paulina Noiding, uh, Dark Continent. And it's not dark, of course, because we're being replaced. It's dark because it's not as welcoming uh, to Jews anymore. Right? There's anti-Semitic incidences now in France and in Germany and the UK and Sweden. Right? The Swedish Siege is another one. Uh, tablet magazine Paulina Noiding reports that thanks to any difference and even hostile government, Jews are no longer safe in the Swedish city of Malmö. Only they can go to Israel. They have another country, that's right. Here's another piece from Tablet Mag, Swedish damn Jew problem. Wearing a yarmulke is no longer safe in the city of Malmö. The, the mayor blames the Jews, while other Swedish politicians point to social inequality <laughs> uh, from 2012. Do we have, is there one more of her? Oh, that didn't load. Okay, anyway. So y- so we see where her priorities lie. Yeah, and, and of course, it's not that that's back to the point to do like, you know, this is not a critique of that she's highlighting. The, I think everyone understands that, right? But uh, here's, wh- where's that? Uh, where did that one go? Ha- hang tight here. Did I not bring that in? Oh, yeah, yeah, here it is, here it is right? So this is just one example. This is actually a Turkish, Turkish source, right? 2022 is slated to become the most you know, violent uh, year in Swedish history. Uh, 45 killed in armed attacks on streets of Sweden this year. Scandinavian country God. witnessed over 250 shootings in 2022, police data shows. It's contrary crazy to for its repu- Yes. Contrary to its reputation as being one of the most peaceful countries in the world, Sweden saw over 250 armed attacks this year resulting in the killing of at least 45 people. A total of 251 armed attacks were carried out in the first eight months of 2022, in which at least 45 people were killed, 67 injured. Organized crime has risen in the Scandinavian country over the last few years. Hmm, what could that be about? According to the uh, uh, the record, in 2019, a total of 360 shootings that goes through some of the past history, basically demonstrating that 2022 is uh, setting, uh, you know, world record here, basically for being for being Sweden, right? So okay, so 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 back to the point, right? <clears throat> People like this, like Pauline Anoiding and Barry Weiss, are positioning themselves to be the rational, common sense crit- critics of what's happening in Sweden. Um, why? Because on one end, maybe it's detrimental to, in this case, than Paulina's interest, which seems to be more about the Jewish interests, not Swedish ones, despite the fact that she lives in Sweden. Uh, but it's also this idea that they are also going to ensure that the discourse and the dialogue and when the articles are written, that nothing kind of gets out of hand, mm. shall we say, or that the, at someone starts talking about other issues that we're, we shouldn't be talking about, trying to get to the root of how we got here. Going back to that thing again. How, do we, how did we get here? Right, That was the, uh, the line here. The uncomfortable reality of how we got here. So the point is, they're not going to talk about David Schwartz or Barbara Spector or any of these people, right? And we, we know these people, right? But let's like... Why can't they mention Barbara Spector, right? 
Can't they just, can't they do that? I think there's a resurgence of anti-Semitism because at this point in time, Europe has not yet learned how to be multicultural. And I think we're going to be part of the throes of that of that transformation, which must take place. Europe is not going to be the monolithic uh, uh, societies that they once were in the last century. Jews are going to be at the center of that. It's a huge transformation for Europe to make. They are now going into a multicultural mode, and Jews will be resented because of our leading role. But without that leading role and without that transformation, Europe will not survive. <laughs> Not so survive. Will they will they bring up that clip? So let's say her from Barry Weiss herself, right? Some of the things that she's uh, that she has talked about when it comes to this, right? I was, you know, I'm a Jew of the post-war era, which is to say, the I'm part of the luckiest diaspora in all of Jewish history. Like the Jews since the end of World War II in this country have had it better than we've ever had it ever before. Um, and still complaining. all of the kind of yep. mythology about what America could be, the idea that it's a shining city on a hill, the idea that it's a new Jerusalem. Like, I was raised on those ideas. But when was the Charlottesville March? Remember the Unite the Right March? Jamie will find out. <clears throat> but I remember being shocked, right, when those people were marching and they were shouting blood and soil, like Blunten Boden, which is a Nazi slogan. And the Jew will not replace us. Exactly, right? And the Jew will not replace us. And <clears throat> when I heard the, the Jews. Jews. Yeah, sorry, August 2017. When I heard <clears throat> Jew, like the Jews will not replace us, right? I heard it in like the plain meaning of that phrase. Like, the Jew is not going to take my job. The Jew is not going to like take my job in the corner office or whatever. Um, but in fact, it was like a reflection of this replacement theory ideology, which is that brown people and black people and Muslims and immigrants are coming to replace our white civilization. And the 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 Jew's job is basically to pass as a white person, but in fact, do the bidding of these people that we deem to be not pure. Where, where does that come from? That is a deeply, deeply ancient anti-Semitic conspiracy theory, right? If, but the idea of the Jew as sort of like the wily manipulator, as the Jew as having proximity to power, not being in power, but being able to sort of be the puppet master pulling the levers of power, you see that play out in lots of different iterations through time, right? You see it... Um, I'm trying to think about useful examples f for your listeners, but but that is sort of the trope, right? And it is uh, an ancient one, but it's being utilized in really new ways. And so when you have someone like Congressman Steve King saying, we can't replace our civilization with someone else's babies, like what does that mean? What is that idea? Try it is so deeply anti-American because the idea of America, right, is the idea that Americanness is not about bloodline. Americanness is about a shared set of values and ideas <laughs> and fealty to those ideas. So the She's idea that someone yeah. else is, what does that mean? You well, know? it doesn't make any sense because this entire country is based on immigrants. Of course. Oh, thank oh, you. Thank you, Joe. God. The, 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 uh, the excellent oh, analysis God. there. Right? Why did he get 11 million from Spotify again? <laughs> um, here's, here's another one. I'm, I'm making a point of this too to show you this, but like, See what's see what's happening here, right? There's an admit. There's a problem here that has happened that they're now writing articles about, and then they're admitting, as the next clip here will demonstrate, that they're part of that process. So while they're complaining on it now, oh, complaining, but like they're highlighting it, right? Like, oh my God, what's happening in the country? Well, your tribe was part of helping to create that. 
you don't have to say that 100%. Of course, has there been white liberals along the way or whatever, but the basic modalities and the the original seeding of this plan, 100% when it comes to Sweden, to America, to the UK, there's a number of countries, if not the majority of them, but maybe there's an outlier. There's always a possibility, right? But they, they, it would, we wouldn't have gotten here if it wasn't for, for, for that activism. Mm -hmm. And then on one hand, she can admit it, like she's doing in the next clip here, but then not highlighting that as part of the issue, right? See, yeah. see how, how incredibly uh, devious and- It's and, very devious. Uh, I mean, come on, listen to the next one here. Shifty. Well, that's the thing. The Jewish connection to the refugee is not a conspiracy. That's something that we're very, very proud of. The organization that Robert Bowers was constantly calling out is an organization called HIAS, which brought people, including Sergey Brin, to this country. It started in the 1880s to bring... Oh, good, because uh, thank God for Google, am I right? ...Jews who were fleeing the pogroms of Eastern Europe. Now they help Jews and non-Jews all over the world fleeing persecution. Um, I met a man in Arizona on Sunday, a Jew from Cairo, who was helped out of Egypt following the 1967 war. This synagogue exemplified those values. It participated in something called Refugee Shabbat. Uh, the previous Saturday, it was one of the participating synagogues nationally. Um, and the concept, you know, as in all Jewish synagogues um, that reflect the most sacred of Jewish values is the value of of welcoming the stranger and especially of welcoming um, the weakest in our community. Well, that's what happened no in Sweden. Category yep. in our in our society than the refugee. So there she's admitting then that Hayas is part of this uh, I I problem, and we're actually th that's what we should be most proud of, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of thing. And, and here's a, yet another one from Bari Weiss here. In the Islamic world, the Jews had always lived as dhimmis, as second-class citizens. And in the Christian world, it was worse. I mean, what, what people forget, right, is like right now radical Islam, when it comes to the religions, is the greatest threat to Jews. But for most of its history, Islam was much more tolerant of Jews than Christianity was, which is something that's kind of like ha has gotten lost to history. So think about that, that twist there. I mean, I'm convinced when she says also Christian society, she means white people. Yeah, of she course. would not be concerned with a Christian sub-Saharan African. That That's still that's there on our page. It's us versus no, them kind I mean, of she's thing. She's talking about you know Christian I mean? Europe. Yes. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> but then also like how, you know, Go, going back to that headline again, right, of like saying, wait a minute, like, okay, let me read this here, right? Um, Sweden has been transformed. Something happened in the country. Oh, I got to show the that on screen too. Here we go. Something has happened. What what has happened in Sweden? How did the, they do bombings now? There's shootings and stuff, and they're talking about this, right? But again, why why will they not talk about a a David Schwartz, right? Let me let me read one paragraph here. This is how this is how it begun in Sweden. Eckhart recounts how a catalyst for change was a series of newspaper debates that began uh, in Sweden in 1964 when David Schwartz, a Polish-born Jew who in 1954 came to live in Sweden, and he wrote extensive articles from the immigrant's perspective for Dagens Nyheter, uh, the today's news newspaper, about refugees in Sweden. Schwartz was the first person that seriously lobbied for Sweden to change its policy from one of cultural homogeneity to cultural pluralism, Eckhart explains. Schwartz have subjectively asserted that immigrants should be unconditionally permitted to retain their culture and that Sweden needed to become a nation with many cultures. 
In the months and years that followed, additional agitators, also primarily with, uh, with as Eckhart's notes, a foreign-born Jewish background, joined Schwartz to amplify the drumbeat. Jews came to dominate the faction of the newspaper debates that uh, demanded the implementation of cultural pluralism. During the critical period of 1964 to 1968, Jews initiated 13 out of 17 newspaper debates and all were in favor of multiculturalism, mm -hmm. right? So these are, yeah. this is the root of the issue, right? This is, this is a big part that, that the Paulina Noiding won't talk about, but they will talk about how anti-Semitic it is in Sweden now, and this is a Swedish problem. Oh my God, I can't believe what the Swedes are doing, you know, kind of thing, without, of course, deepening that discourse and saying... Who's welcoming the stranger? Who's advocating for welcoming the stranger, right? Yeah, let's have a discussion about how this actually happened, as opposed to... And so it's the same thing that we when we criticize someone like uh, Matt Walsh and his documentary, uh, What is a Woman, was, was good and stuff. But again, it didn't go to the root, the, root of the problem, right? that didn't uh, address uh, Magnus Hirschfeld, for example, as one of the founders kind of, of the transgender uh, gender bending movement. And uh, they just talked about John Money. They just talked about, um, what's the other guy again? Um, uh, Kinsey, right? Yeah. Alfred Kinsey, for example. And so you get that with with these kinds of now mainstream kind of, you know, common sense conservatives when they bring it up. Um, and I think many of them intentionally leave that out to still kind of offer up that these a, a solution to the problem should always be within our realm, right? We, we really don't want Swedes to be able to actually develop a, a strong nationalistic identity, start advocating for their own. The, the fix to this problem, which is obviously getting out of control, is not because they're concerned about what's happening in Sweden. They're concerned about the resistance that's happening. They're concerned with the nationalism. So what they have to do is go in and pose as one of you guys and say, whoa, whoa, look at this problem yeah. here. Let's let's frame this in the right way now and make sure that we, you know, we yes, let's limit immigration. Let's uh, push the brake a little bit here so it doesn't get out of control. You know what I mean? That's what it feels like when I'm reading these pieces and highlighting. Lo you know, long term, it might still be good, but short term, maybe those are interchangeable, to be honest, to a certain extent. Um, but it's always this dishonesty, right? Here's actually, here's David Schwartz, right? Together with Olof Palme at the time. He, of course, opened the borders, truly, uh, of Sweden and begun that process. Uh, there's other politicians. Social Democrats are writing here in the piece how they're still proud of everything they do and what they how they transform the country. Now, of course, we have uh, generations now of just pure misery by Swedish people, especially those who are, uh, you know, affected by this and living in living in those areas. And, and, they, and they the can't Bari, move and stuff. You know the what Bari mean? Weisses, they may write about some of those things that are going on, but exactly, they never give a solution. We provide a solution, yeah. but they find that solution completely unacceptable. And of that course. is Nazism and that is anti-Semitism. They never give you a solution, do they? No, no, that's not. And that's not the point of it yeah, as well. The point of it is, is for them to step in and become the voice of the opposition. It's the oldest you know, trick in the book, if you will. Like, Channeling it's some of the discontent, you know? right? I, because yeah. it's so obvious now, you have to talk about it. Right? Exactly, and if you don't address that, you're not seen as one of those common sense kind of people. Like, you're well, not relevant. Minute, what's going on either. here, kind of thing, right? Um, and, and in fact, let me play this one. Here's another one too, check this one out. Um, uh, American Jewish Committee and Schaefer, immigration is a Jewish issue. Let's play this a little bit here. <clears throat> America's HSC oldest civil rights organization. Worked on the premise that as a minority, 
um, our security, our strength, our well-being in America is interdependent with those of other minorities. This is a Jewish issue. It, it is a Jewish issue to care about the, the, those around us, to care about the larger society. It is very much a Jewish issue. We do not live in an island. We do not live in a vacuum. And we need to, um, to interact, to connect, to build relationships, and to strengthen the well-being of all of the people in America. It's good for America. Therefore, it's good for the Jews. <laughs> thinking globally, acting locally, right? So it's basically Barbara Spector, but over in America. Yeah. And of course, that's not yeah. a surprise, but the, uh, you know, Hard uh, Seller Act, we could go on and on. But uh, but again, it's something to keep in mind. You know, and, the, and then, of course, what, what makes it even more frustrating <clears throat> is that you're almost forced kind of to take a Barry Weiss's position of just like the denial. L look at this here, like a guy here, Danish, living in Sweden, of course, writing for the local, right, super left-wing, uh, constant propaganda in that paper to, like, try to, you know, no, no, it's nothing to do with immigration, right? American professor of journalism. Okay, he's, he has a Danish name. I thought it was Danish. Probably Danish roots. <coughs> uh, professor of journalism, Stockholm University, uh, PhD, University of Texas, Austin, contributor to the local, blah, blah, blah. Complete nonsense. This was literally covered three years ago by the BBC. Oh, there was some bombings that happened then. Oh, that was already covered three years ago by the BBC. So that this is not an issue anymore. As was crime in Sweden. I can't think of any country in the world of just 10 million people that receive more international coverage of immigration and crime than Sweden. Exactly. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Yeah. You dumbass. Like, do you even. Yes. <laughs> a country with a homicide rate five to six times lower than the US. I've seen other stats that shows just how much more likely it is that you're subjected to violence or like standing, you know, stand by with like uh, casual, you know, being a casualty in like gang related crimes and stuff like that, whether it's violent attacks, whether it's rape and stuff. And uh, as always, of course, it depends on what area you're looking at. You could, but a mean thing? No, it's like uh, it's it's as bad or even worse as many of the, the worst American cities now. Uh, yeah. You know, if you go to Malmö suburbs in Stockholm cities, yeah. and stuff, and you know, outside of Gothenburg stuff, complete, uh, complete insanity. But anyway, so it's still that the denial of it kind of thing, and again, that 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 creates that kind of as I said before, the circus of the conservative versus the liberal. Um, discourse, right? Of like, no, here's the, it's Muslims that's the problem. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's true, but they're just a tool, a weapon being used by someone who wants to diversify our nations, you know what I mean? And then you get the denial in the left-wing press, and, and the denial is so absurd, so insane, that the other side, once the ideas are bounced over to them, it's just like, you, we can't even, we can't even talk, they don't even live in the same reality, nope. these people. Like, how nope. do we even do this, you know what I mean? But again, this is super simple. It's like, if you want to solve this, ethno-nationalism, yeah. right? Back to how it used that's to be. What, each, that's each what Israel's doing. Have their own nation, and you, we be heck of a lot more peaceful. It's really that simple. It's <laughs> funny how there is welcoming the stranger, except not when it's in their backyard in Israel, right? Yeah. They can't, okay, welcome your Palestinian brothers and all your Muslim brothers, your no, Semitic no, no. brothers. Don't Never works that. that way. No, they go to Sweden and welcome the stranger for, for you, yeah. and then they flee. Right. Yep. Cuck Free Zone says Israel has not yet learned to be multicultural and Jews are at the center of that. That's right. <laughs> Cuck Free Zone again. She explains it so well. It's like it's true and she knows it. Hmm. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't, she's real shifty. I really, obviously, don't trust this one. No, woman. no, no, no. Der Trusker says it always makes me angry when I hear all this news about killings and rapes in Sweden. Where's the spirit of Vikings, warriors?
Warrior 2 knew no fear. Barbara Spector said her part, but her rotten bones are trembling. Well, what happened is that the Swedish government is what's so, I'm not going to say funny, but ironic, I guess, in the situation uh, that after, well, uh, centuries of Vikingry, which is kind of a you know piracy of sorts, right? That became established during the Viking Age, and actually then it was like you know state, uh, you know state encouraged like piracies. And it was much look. There's much more to it than that, but just like really simplified. You know, what I mean, it became a, a, a mechanism and a tool, you know, to kind of fight back against certain things happening in Europe at the time, but. Um, they started later on in the, uh, you know, after the Viking Age and, you know, a few hundred years after that, 14, 15, 16, 1700s, um, they executed a huge amount of, like, uh, criminals in, in Sweden, right? Like, really strict, hardcore punishments, right? That's partially how we became a very orderly society. There's something, of course, on top of that when it comes to Swedish conformity that, that I think was shaped by environmental, um, you know, uh, conditions, I guess. Um, but like even small, you know, small low-end criminal thing was like, the, was like got pep capital punishment. And they essentially bred a super compliant uh, Swedish population. Years that of were, like heavy soul-crushing socialism. That too. Right? I mean, that was, that was later. That's like, you know, that's like late 1800 going into early 1900s. Mm -hmm. That's when that really began. But that's part of the whole, you know, how did we get here, you know, story. Uh, but they, the point is they killed a lot of people that had that like kind of rebellious spirit a little bit and, and you and you bred a, uh, a, a, a group of conformity. Now, ironically, that can actually be used to your advantage once if the you conform turns. to the right thing. That's just it. So it's not always bad. But right now that 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 will used to be a strength have been used against us. But we can flip that back again. And, and, and it can be this very interesting dynamic situation where you all of a sudden, which I hope, which is what we're working towards of getting a Sweden, which is where, where essentially everyone in the country have now become the norm is to be nationalistic oriented. The norm is to look after Sweden. The norm is to be looking after our culture, our people, our heritage. And once you see a collective effort towards that direction, you will see massive changes under a super short time. And and, and you'll you won't even not like how the hell is this possible? You know, kind of thing. And you'll have some really smart look, some really fucking high IQ people getting they're some of the best minds uh, on to work on this problem. Yeah, that's one thing I'm not about. How do we Swedes, get those like, back there? How do once we, they know? snap, they freaking snap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I know. So, they take a lot, a lot of pressure, take a lot of bullshit until yes. they don't. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just part of the culture. It's yeah. more introverted. You keep things within. You're quieter about things until you're not. Yeah. Yep. And and it's going to it's going to switch. And 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 you're living. We're living in that time right now when we're seeing that slow gradual shift towards that for us it ne it's never fast enough for us we want it yesterday boom right now kind of thing you know what i mean um, this has been years in the making and it's going to take years to get out of it yeah too. patience again i could go rapidly once that has switched over once the the cup has flown over once the the camel's back is broken kind of thing um but for right now just be um be patient work change things, change what you can, influence people, talk with people, uh, spread information, help to wake more people up, help to support organizations that are working towards this, work in the background, work in the shadows, Do everything if you will, in your for power now. that you can. Do everything do. you can. Right. 
but stay calm, okay? Stay calm down. Don't be like an emotional woman. Oh, that's it. It's over. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like calm the fuck down. Like we'll we're, we're fix we're going to fix this, okay? Yes, yeah, it's taking time. Yes, it's not happening as fast as we would like to, but it is going to happen. It is slowly and surely you're going to see that transformation, and eventually. That will be. We'll wake up and all of a sudden we we'll realize we'll be in a complete, completely different world <laughs> at that point in reality. That's right. Um, so we have to have. You have to have that. You have to. Have, you have to be supportive. You have to have a positive mind. Yeah, half the battle is that, right? Positive vision, thinking. You right? can't. Yeah. Uh, men don't go into battle thinking I'm going to lose. Yeah. They go in holding like I am going to win. You are freaking dead, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's what. And then it's like they have to program their unconscious for their physical body to catch up, right? So it's like. We have won. We're winning. We're gonna yeah, win. Yeah. Like there, there's no other option. And it's not about we're gonna you, get. We're gonna get what we want. It, it's gonna, always, we're gonna get what's best for our people. Yeah, and, it's always a balance, you know, because of course no one is like you can't have Dunning Kruger. Uh, that's one thing Swedes don't have. It's definitely not that, you know. <laughs> it's like delusional in terms of like you're so you know you completely lost and you think like I'm I'm winning, you know, kind of thing. It's not that either, you know. But but just like. As a mental framework, as as a like vision, hold, yeah, hold the victory in your mind, and it you know, and, and it might even come at the hands of mechanisms and properties that we can't even think about right now. You know what I mean? There's oh, so many sure. things that could happen for and sure. change along the way. Um, but it's but if you if, but if you if you lose, if you don't have faith, essentially, it, it, I'm not saying it's down to faith. It is not. Uh, it's down to action ultimately. But you can't also act too prematurely, and when there's not enough of us, it will just be violent. You know, boom, gone. That's it. You know, kind of thing. So it's a timing issue. But then you have to have, hold that vision to create that reality. It's you know, it might sound you know, oh, oh, it's magic. But you know, what I'm saying no, like, manifestationism. It's, uh, I mean, it's it's yeah. very true, and it's, it's there is something about the uh, programming the unconscious mind, and then the body will follow. There really is something to Absolutely. that. Absolutely, and you lay and opportunities the, uh, will open up and. and They'll present themselves and you'll walk into those situations because you've opened the door starting in your mind. Right? Yeah, if, you, if you've closed your door to that so something is possible that you, you know, you think this is impossible, it's not going to happen, you'll never act or even approach those opportunities where solutions will present themselves. That's All right. right. Archie says, white liberals rarely can't be converted, especially if they're rich. Emily Yukis was in the right situation to convert. White flight is the best solution. Yeah, I mean, and it's the same thing there. Like, you might see, you might, you, you. I mean, Swedes are known for their uh, so-called white flight, Swedish flight. You know what I mean? None of them actually wants to live in those areas. I mean, and they will find a way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And not everyone can. I understand that too. Um, but again, things are changing, and uh, you know, some sometimes there. I've seen, I've seen liberals come over to our side. I mean, I've seen, I've seen that. I've, I've seen uh, personally. I know people that have been, uh, you know, more or less like, you know, left-wing people, especially in their youth and stuff like that. You know what I mean? They, they don't see the whole picture. Maybe they have a kid, something else happened, and they become more and more conservative. And eventually they We get like, emails all the time from people. Yeah, so it, it's not... <laughs> changed. I, I don't think it's impossible the door is closed. Maybe the hardcore, hardcore, like, activists are just die. Yeah, sure, like, g give up on those. But there's plenty of people out there that are like... I don't know what's going on. I don't like it, but I don't want to be racist, you know, kind of thing that you can like still like, hey, come on, like, <laughs> like it's your kid's future here. Come on, like, come on, you know, That's come right. over to our side. That's right. All right. So let's play the. Oh, do you have a couple of more there? Um, yeah, I'll get to those in a minute. Cuck free zone. Bill Biz, okay. thank you.
But I know you want to play this. Should we play first? this one? Yeah, yeah here's play. a perfect example, right? Of like, meanwhile in Israel, <laughs> right? Uh, Israeli politician Benjamin Babayov, an immigrant uh, on immigrant children, we must preserve a Jewish majority. הם צריכים לצאת מפה יחד עם המשפחות שלהם. זה שהוא נולד פה זה לא מקנה לו את הזכות להישאר כאן. שלום, נגמר הטיול, תלך הבית. בנימין בביוף הוא ממש פארטי, ותל אביב סיטי קאונסלר. הוא רואה את הילדים כאילו אההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההה וחייבים לשמור פה על הרוב היהודי במדינה ולמנוע את כל ההתבוללויות שיש בכל המצבים האלה. אנחנו הכי, המדינה הזאת היא שייכת לנו ואנחנו הכי נאמנים למדינה הזאת. צריך להגיד להם, אבא היה עובד פה כמה שנים, אמא עבדה פה, נגמר הזמן, עכשיו אנחנו חוזרים, הולכים לבקר את סבא, הולכים לבקר את סבתא, הולכים לחזרה לדודים. חוזרים למשפחה שלנו, לא צריך לבוא ולקחת אותם בצורה טראומטית ולזרוק אותם, אתם מגורשים, לא צריך לעשות להם את הטראומה הזאת. אפשר להסביר להם את זה, להכניס להם את זה לראש, זה לא הארץ שלכם. All right, it goes on there. But, you know, the good thing about Sweden is we have this, um, I don't know if you know this, but we have this backup country yeah, that, that our ancestors exactly. created and built for us too. So we can just go there in case something happens, right? But, yep. uh, yeah. They don't care about that, though. No, but you won't see Barry Weiss address any kind of issue no. when it comes to these types of things. And she in doesn't fact, call there, them Nazis and extremists for wanting that, no, right? No, no. Cuck Free Zone says they shame us with the insult not seeism because they want people to not see the truth. <laughs> Cuck Free Zone also says, I think with faith we align ourselves with our ancestors and our creator's power and we become part of an ancient struggle that transcends time. I we agree. are not alone. Yeah. Yes, yeah, 100% yep. believe that. I agree. Archie, today a friend that was a commie visited me. He said that his radical shift to many right-wing issues occurred after watching Palestinians and Jews fight in the street during a protest last year. Hmm. Okay. okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I mean, never never discount anybody. <laughs> you know Come I mean? in all kinds of ways, yeah. you know. Yeah, okay, right. let's get into this one. Yes. So there's a, another... Here, here's more for you. Wealthy Jewish woman named Marine France Cohen uh, just found out about her. She's embarking on a devious plan, plan to transform this small, quaint French town of 2,000 people with 70 new fake refugee families, in other words, to flood them overnight. So 70 families, let's say they have six in a family. We're talking like, what, 420 people? That's a lot. This town is called Kalak. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. No member of this Cohen family lives in the town, of course, but they're willing to invest millions of euros of their fortune to make this vision of this multicultural ark, this multicultural Noah's ark they're talking about, a reality. Not in Israel, not in her neighborhood, but in this tiny, quaint French town. And of course, who gets to pay for it? Partially the town itself. The scheme would be funded with money from the private Mercy Fund, which was created by uh, Marie-France Cohen, this lady, and is managed by her three sons, other financing would come from federal taxpayer subsidies and the local municipality. So they would get to pay for all these invaders. By the way, her family lives in this high society life. They own a luxury kids clothing brand. I went and looked at the website. $230 for a kid's sweatshirt? Yeah. And uh, also some decor brand of like a uh, fancy home decor brand. She lives in a 17th century France home, but she really hates French people since she's willing to spend millions of her money to replace them. Well, the town, 
They say no, they don't want it. Residents are opposed to it, pointing out that no one in the family will have to actually deal with the consequences of this experimental Noah's Ark or the long-term consequences for this small town, right? The town launched a citizens group opposed to the targeted replacement, calling for defending the identity of Kellogg. The individuals have sent an open letter to the mayor of Calic outlining the reasons behind their opposition. They said the objective would be to repopulate a small aging town with migrants to revitalize the town, right? Spice it up uh, to develop economic activities. Migrants would therefore be supervised, housed and trained and 70 jobs would be found for them. This is what this uh, Jewish lady is claiming they're going to do. The arrival of 70 non-European families would totally upset the life of the municipality. Uh, This is what the locals are saying. 38 non-French speaking children would be educated at the the Kalak school and divided into classes. This would further complicate the task of teachers how can you impose on the people of calic such a project that calls into question the identity of our population and before the real cost of the project is determined they say you're going to create in the middle of Brittany in argo a foreign community with all the issues related to these groups you are going to move the problems of the big cities to the countryside this is what the citizens of calic are warning and they're right right they don't want it they're being targeted by this sinister rich jewish lady who could honestly really care less about these french people right using fake refugees as a weapon basically while trying to pretend it's something biblical right it's just like a a, an experiment into noah's ark a multicultural noah's ark remember when just 50 refugees were sent to the liberal wealthy martha's vineyard (laughs) and what happened and they were moved within 24 hours to a military base in a conservative part of cape cod to deal with them we'll send them to cohen's house henrik i think you said that she has one living yeah, there. Yeah, she took in one like Afghan one. or Libyan or something like that, I think. But uh, but it, it's, I'm sure they live you know, way in the, the guest quarters far away oh, or whatever course, is like her, the, to- the token it, refugee. It's the one thing they do t- in order to like, see, now yeah. no one can accuse yeah. me. See, I got you know, one. Yeah. I got one, right? Yeah. It's typical super rich elitist who wants it in your town, not in her palace, and certainly not in Israel. Look at these pictures that they, I'm sorry. Oh, I know. It's, it's disturbing. Weird, we look at these like horrible. Oh, I can't. Okay, it's too. But look at the faces down there in the bottom right. Like, oof, this is like the new wonderful. T- look at this person in the window there. Like, look at what the. What the so hell it looks is like that? a tranny. Well, it looks like some night, like nightmare. Uh, I, was, I don't know. But, mo- but anyway. basically, this Cohen <laughs> conceptual art is like, just kind of working on this this plan, welcoming the stranger, not into her town, of course, yeah. not into her place. All part of the plan to relocate diversity into these small white conservative towns as a way to transform their transform their homes forever. Mm-hmm. Right? Demographically, politically, socially, religiously, culturally, everything. It's a war against white people. It's about replacing white people and. And ending whiteness, something, uh, you know, Cohen's class of friends want and work for. Yeah. In most Western countries. Yep. That's right. right. So it's just amazing how another one just pops up. You know, how many more do we not know of? Yeah. Yeah. And of course, it's like, you know, of course, fully backed by Macron. He's the one who announced the plan. But as usual, he's not the one behind the plan. Well, the (laughs) town doesn't want it. It doesn't matter. And this lady doesn't live there, this hideous woman. Doesn't matter. I'm going to push it anyway for my social experiment. If you read Uh the uh, the, the Sotheby's uh, article here, where'd it go? Yeah, this one. It's like, oh, 
I there's so much that was done for you know the community did so many things for me and now I just want to give back. So I'm going to go to hmm, Israel and uh, promote multicultural. No, going to stay in France and we're going to turn a whole town into some refugee uh, uh, you know resettlement uh, you know experiment essentially uh, because we're just giving back. We're philanthropists. Yeah. We're just giving back Lies. to the community kind of thing. Lies. Right? Every time, same thing. Lies. Uh, Kveldulv, 1889, says, uh, just moved to TN, Tennessee, I guess. I never I never get to watch live streams, but wanted to show some appreciation. Well, Welcome. thank you. Appreciate that. That's kind of you. Tennessee. Been to Tennessee a couple yeah, times. Yeah, what was it? Um, Keith, uh, Alexander from uh, the Political Cesspool just said, uh, just avoid Memphis and you're good. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. All right. Um, so that is, uh, that is a, a, an incredible thing uh, of what's happening there. And we can actually extend the conversation. Can you imagine just being that that like being in that woman's frame of mind, just trying to fund something? This town you don't live in, the town doesn't want it, and you're still pushing it on these people. Well, she's helping, so it's you know, just yeah. amazing. It's, it's always that justification. No, she's not because the, she'll she'll just initially set it up, but then throw it on the town, and everyone else has to pay for it and take care Absolutely. of it and figure of it course. out. No, no, the, she's done her part, and as I said. Uh, uh, I gave them until, lunch in Martha's Vineyard. I did my right, part. exactly. I mean, t- until they start doing this, like, in Israel and stuff, I mean, it, it, there's always, like, a Barbara Specter around the corner, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, if, and, like, lobbying and, and, and changing the demographics, and this is the right thing to do. And it's like, you don't even belong. Historically, you don't belong to the country. Like, g- get out, you know what I mean? Stop and get out. Uh, France should be uh, as hard as confiscate all this family's wealth or something because they're like, uh, you know, wor- putting it to work against the interest of, Fr- of France and French people. Um, all right. So anyway, so over to um, England real quick here, too. Same thing happening there, of course, very much uh, strengthening by all the uh, wonderful diversity here. Uh, Hindus and Muslims mm. are now fighting, fighting on the streets of the UK. Uh, Leicester especially. Uh, apparently, there was... <laughs> was a cricket match between India and Pakistan that started the whole thing. The tension escalated over the weekend with the alleged vandalism of a temple. The Muslim community has accused a group of Hindu men of taking out an impromptu march and smashing glass bottles. It's like seeing uh, Kurds and um, Turks fighting on the streets of Germany and now like German police have to like sort this out and fixing. See what a strength this is. It just continues to strengthen us all the time. Here's another example of what, what how strengthened the UK has uh, gotten since they opened their borders. Don't they have a gun? Can't they just shoot? They have tasers. Ooh. That don't seem to work. Yeah, how come he's not going down? What the heck? As I said, they don't work. Oh, there he goes. Um, so I thought I'd whip out enriched. Yes, in, enriched. We need to like one stamp or something, or like a like an overlay logo. They just say uh, enriched. Uh, Reminded me of this one. Check this one out. Ideas like the Great Replacement, which is the perfect marriage, really, between uh, Islamophobic racism, anti-Semitism, and white nationalism, because the theory goes that there is a sort of Zionist conspiracy to breed out 
white people. The white British population has decreased by 600,000, while the minority population has increased by 1.2 million. So, yes, lads, we're winning. Here's uh, Ash Sarkar. Uh, wonderful, uh, <coughs> wonderful woman, uh, anti-white as they come. Look at this. I'm not sure what's wow. going on here, but uh, that's... Go back. Uh, Go back. That's Ash Sarkar, everybody. And, of course, this little good here, just a uh, reminder of what's happening in Ireland. It's the New Ireland. It is, though. It is the New Ireland. It's the New Ireland of uh, new, different diversities, multicultural people, Filipinos, Spanish, Africans. He learned it on the TV. People. You bet. I met I met I met a girl the I met the girl the other day and I was like where are you from? She goes, My man's from China and my dad is from Africa. I'm like, whoa! Ireland is unique now. We 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 we're mixed. Because I can imagine in ten years time God, there's I gonna be Barack Obama's walking around Beyonce's and Oh, oh blacks and different, he mentions all blacks. Yeah. Barack yeah. Obama, Beyonce, I mean well, that's all you need really, right? He's sure half. people so, yes. The whites are going extinct here now, so we're we're taking over. <laughs> Just in case, and they're laughing and they're Just playing so you music. Just you know how, like, how much and, they yeah, love like, yeah. Ireland, which is an awesome culture. <clears throat> of course, mythology. and then of course you can go to uh, you can go to Wales, right? The Welsh pride. Look at this photo here. Um, but you know nothing's nothing's happening. It's happening, but it's not happening. Nothing's happening, but it is happening. Uh, it's incredible. Um, we're not going to have time to play, but I heard another. Um, was a talk show in Britain where they're like also people are all concerned with the, like de demographically what's happening and stuff just non-stop like making fun of them and calling them racist are white British people being re replaced by immigrants and this turd here this host I forget what his name is uh, yeah Mike Graham that's right the people in the UK will know him uh, you know, making f oh, you why are you racist? Are you making you know making fun of them? Oh, they're really being replaced now. This goes for like 20, 25 minutes of just like a super cut of this guy just like you know making fun of the whole thing of like the, oh this is not it, you know this the strategy is let's just name call and cover it up for as long as you possibly can until the damage is done. And they're all, well, so see, that's it now. Now you're diverse, so now you can't do anything about it, you know. <laughs> of course, we will and we can, but, you know, this is the um, the nature of the game, right? Um, all right, we get, we'll squeeze in a couple more thing, things here um, before we wrap up. Let me up. just see. Joseph sure. Thomas says, what do you think the end, game, the end game reason for Jews wanting to replace whites is? Easier global control? I think it's both revenge and control. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's a... It's a new order, uh, new way, new, new global uh, system that needs to come in place. And uh, you just need to eradicate uh, uh, white people first because they're the most problematic, the, the most likely historically. Uh, they have stood in the way of that. And in some cases, almost kind of fought back against that. And so you first get those out of the picture. But I do generally believe that like right now they're using other ethnic groups against white. Uh, but if they won't get there, so don't get me wrong, but if they would have achieved their victory and got rid of white people, uh, they would have moved on to the next one because this is literally about creating a ruthless cosmopolitan uh, global, uh, uh, you know, creature essentially, which has no allegiance to nation, tradition, heritage, anything like that, or their own people. Kukfri's uh, own response yeah. response to that, and he says, "Religion is part of it. They must wipe out Amalek whites, yeah, yeah. and they are the chosen ones who are promised to rule the world from a one-world government from Jerusalem." See Isaiah sixty ten through fourteen. It's also that they feel they must destroy us in order to be safe. Yeah. Yes. Yep. 
McDozer, thank you. When the switch is finally flipped, remember the ratio of white French versus Dahomey Africans, 150 to 1. <laughs> They're afraid of us, and it's becoming more obvious as more of our people begin to notice. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> technology is a big part of it, and we don't really know what that's – partially that, that could be used against us, but that could also be, of course, uh, tools we can use. You know what I mean? So a lot um, of us. Yeah, it's a big risk. It's a big risk oh, with yeah. things that they're Holy doing shit, and how kidding? fast that they're moving. Absolutely, yeah. Lars yeah. Agerbeck says, during the Second World War, Jews fled from Germany, German-occupied countries, to neutral Sweden. I wonder what this <laughs> has meant for the development of Swedish society regarding policy on immigration and the public debate. Sweden is the hardest, and that is why it will be the turning point for the West. Yes, exactly. It's a very good point. I, I generally agree with your uh, comment on that. Good point. Yep. And then Cuckfree Zone. Oh, this was going back to the... Uh, Weinstein comments, uh, folding skin flaps, a.k.a. manginas. <laughs> <laughs> little icebreaker there for yeah, you. Yeah. And then uh, Bill Biss says, of course, BLM, LGBTQ, climate change crazies, Antifa, never ever use memes. Yeah, yeah yep. exactly. I missed that earlier. So. No worries. All right, cool. Um, Tom Cat Smith, 1975, over on Rumble, says, Hey, uh, Eyes from the official purge state of Illinois. Holy shit! Yeah, I hope you can uh, hope you can get out. My condolences, but uh, yeah, stay stay safe over there. That's right. Remember that uh, uh, Safe T Act. Remember that the new law. Basically, let out all the criminals. I think that's to like make room for like the ones who uh, said the wrong thing on social media. <laughs> that's what the prisons are going to be for. All right. So anyway, I want to end with this um, today. Uh, want to play that TED the TED video. Um, World Economic Forum and TED Talks have teamed up to do a video uh, basically about, it's not directly about depopulation. They don't, I, I've, I've watched it early. I don't, I don't recall hearing that. But it's about degrowth. Uh, it, it's kind of an interesting thing. And, and as usual, they have some points, right? These, these groups and these NGOs and these people talking about these kinds of floating these new ideas obviously have to bring up, in some cases, there are real tangible problems that we should do something about that needs to be done. In other cases, it's artificially created problems, which like, okay, whatever, like the 1.5 degrees like issue that the IPCC raised. And it's like, that's really not an issue. If you look back historically, this have happened both when man has been here and, and before man was here, right? The, the, the temperature changes, climate change have happened, you know, as long as a planet has existed kind of thing. Uh, but, but but some of the ideas are kind of interesting that they bring up, right? Endless growth, right? And I think they're they're highlighting this too because they're part of the same uh, school of thought such as the Club of Rome, uh, which released one of the first uh, reports on this, of like limits to growth is what it was called. And this is really like a, a version of taking that discussion a little, a little bit further and, and looking at, at this, how do we parts like having our economic system and then having endless growth to the to the economy and material wealth and how we produce things and stuff like that and of course things such as immigration is never brought up in a in a discussion like this which of course it should every time uh, still an interesting video Let, let's play a little portion of this here uh, and this was released like just just the other day i believe as well uh, but the, the the point is they will create artificial scare uh, scenarios in order to get you to comply to this new, uh, the reset, the, the reformation period mm. that we're going through right now. And that's really the ultimate uh, point of these kinds of things is to get people to, to usher them into this like, yes, we need to degrowth. And I'm not saying like, yeah, of course, of course, there's a problem with endless growth and, you know, a, an economy that just keeps rising and rising. Right. But anyway, t take a look at this. See what you think.
Let's say you discover a magical gold coin that doubles every 25 years. 75 years later, you'd only have eight coins. But a thousand years later, you'd have over a trillion. And in just 4,600 years, your gold coins would outweigh the observable universe. This periodic doubling is an example of exponential growth. And while we're not in any danger of discovering a real-life golden goose coin, something almost as consequential has been growing like this for the past 200 or so years, the global economy. Many economists think that an eternally growing economy is necessary to keep improving people's lives, and that if the global economy stops growing, people would fight more over the fixed amount of value that exists rather than working to generate new value. And that raises the question, is infinite growth possible on a finite planet? We measure economic growth by tracking the total financial value of everything a country or the world produces and sells on the market. These products can help us meet basic needs or improve our individual and collective quality of life. But they also, crucially, take resources to invent, build, or maintain. For example, this smartphone. It's valuable in part because it contains aluminum, gallium, and silicon, all of which took energy and resources to mine, purify, and turn into a phone. It's also valuable because of all the effort that went into designing the hardware and writing the software. And it's also valuable because a guy in a black turtleneck got up on stage and told you it was. So how do we grow the total financial value of all things? One way is to make more things. Another way is to invent new things. However you do it, growing the economy requires resources and energy. And eventually, won't we just run out? To answer this question, let's consider what goes into the economy and what comes out of it. Its inputs are labor, capital, which you can think of as money, and natural resources like water or energy. Its output is value. Over the past 200 years, economies have gotten exponentially more efficient at producing value. If we, as a species, are able to keep upgrading our economies so that they get ever more efficient, we could theoretically pump out more and more value using the same, or let's be really ambitious here, fewer resources. So how do we do that? How do we increase efficiency? With new technologies. This is where we hit a snag. New tech, in addition to making things more efficient, can also generate new demand, which ends up using more resources. We're actually not in imminent danger of running out of most resources, but we have a much bigger and more immediate problem. The global economy, and in particular those of rich countries, is driving climate change and destroying valuable natural environments on which all of us depend. Soil, forests, fisheries, and countless other resources that help keep our civilization running. So what should we do? This is where economists disagree. Most economists think that new ideas will be able to fix most of these problems. They argue that in the same way that exponentially increasing resource and energy use have fueled exponential economic growth, human ingenuity has also increased exponentially and will rise to meet these challenges in ways that we simply can't predict. For example, between 2000 and 2014, Germany grew their GDP by 16%, 
while cutting CO2 emissions by 12%. And here, guys, here's one of those, like, who the hell cares? You know, like, carbon is this artificially created issue, which is not really a problem, but but, but whatever. It's, it's another minute and a half of the video here. So let's hear the rest out here. That's impressive, but it's not cutting emissions fast enough to limit warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. For this reason and others, some economists think the solution is to re-engineer our economies completely. They make the case that what we should really be doing is weaning ourselves from the addiction to growth and shifting to a post-growth economy. What would that look like? I.e. the Great Reset. Now, that might sound good, but we'll talk more about that in a minute. Like a post-growth economy. Well, it doesn't sound good. I'm saying. <laughs> like the, obviously, this is an issue. This can't go on forever. But you know that their fix always going to have uh, a little something extra up their sleeve. Wouldn't assume that the economy should grow. Instead, it would require us to focus on improving what we really need, things like renewable energy, healthcare, and public transportation. To do that, post-growth economists suggest that rich countries should do things like guarantee living wages, reduce wealth and income inequality, and ensure universal access to public services like healthcare. In such an economy, people would be theoretically less dependent on their jobs to earn their living or get healthcare so it might be more feasible to scale down production of things deemed less necessary. But this raises other questions. Who gets to define what's necessary? How would we resolve the inevitable disagreements? Could we really do away with entire industries? The, we'll come up with new ideas to solve these problems, approach can seem as realistic as, well, a magical gold coin. And the, we have to fundamentally change our economies approach can seem politically daunting, particularly in rich countries. But one way or another, we have to find a way to benefit everyone while also taking care of our planet. We might even have to enlist help. Learn more about the role AI systems should yeah, and AI. shouldn't play in our future. All right, that's the video right there. But, you know, so, okay, interesting, you know, conversations. This obviously must be had, right? But, of course, there's this very simple kind of way of looking at this. Which is really like what they're talking about is 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 this? <laughs> that, that's yes, what, this is what they're talking about. You know, right? they're talking about less <laughs> stuff because global warming, right? Yes. Not because materialism won't fulfill you. Not because we should have bigger goals than material stuff. Not because right. there's too much exactly. plastic, useless crap. It's about priming this great reset, this modest yes. pod living on their terms while they still fly around and in their private jets and have caviar. That's right? just it, and and you know. You can almost by even by the including that like, but that raises problems. Who should get to decide what you know what we need and so forth? But that makes them seem reasonable. It's like, well, they're thinking of those issues. Like, no, <laughs> it's like this is about them taking control. And again, it's like it's kind of interesting because it's also these discussions are not being had at a time when most people are struggling and are stressed about some of the most fundamental materialistic issues that we've ever had. How we're going to heat our homes, what's food, happening with the food gas. supply, right? You know what I mean? And now it's like this, no, no, no. Now it's a great time to restructure everything, right? And it's also based on this false premise that it's like, oh, it comes down to 1.5 degrees and you know the report from the IPCC is complete garbage but even that is like it that doesn't really matter right 
CO2 makes up 0.05% uh, of the atmosphere, of which 97% is made by nature, 3% by humans, of which 1.5% is by Australia. This was, this was in a paper in Australia, obviously, right? Do you truly believe in any a noticeable impact on climate change? It's a, it's a non-issue, right? They, they, they picked a non-issue in order to drive the reset, right? And it's good because it's going to be carbon credits. Then you have this other weird thing. They're going to take the carbon out of the atmosphere and lock it up and all these crazy things. I'm surprised they didn't address the issue of like overpopulation directly. But that's always something to keep in mind here, right? That this is this is the other thing that they have in mind. This is a German ad that says uh, future or climate killer. This one says, <laughs> right? Uh, and of course, again, a couple of classics here that we've shown before that this is what it's about. They didn't dare to go into this in this video, but the, these are the discussions that they, they are wanting to have as well. Not immigration, not curbing, bringing other people to the West to bring them into our lifestyle and things like that. You, no, no, no. You as a white person need to have fewer children. At a time when they already are. Like exactly. Many aren't even having any. Yeah. And then, of course, you have the pivot uh, towards the... Uh, the, the, you know, the connection between the COVID issue that happened, right? The COVID-19 pandemic is not a solution for climate change. However, it does provide us with a platform for more sustained and ambitious climate action to reduce emissions to net zero through a complete transformation of our industrial energy and transportation system. This is from the uh, one of the world, uh, uh, sorry, United Nations uh, adjacent, uh, you know, organizations. And then it's always like, well, the climate issue, too, was picked because it's like it's always going to be a global issue. So we need global solutions. You know what I mean? That's always <laughs> that. And if you don't comply, if you don't do what you're told, well, you're going to die. Right. Humanity faces collective suicide over climate crisis. Uh, I've been saying this for like chief 40 warns. years. Yep, exactly. And which, of course, takes us into get well, get ready for the climate lockdowns. It's going to be an emergency. Right. And whether it's over energy or CO2, or whatever it is. And meanwhile, the people who are telling us this are literally sitting in like gold-plated palaces, you know what I mean, and eating like the, the best and the finest caviar that uh, the world can offer, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Uh, it's, it's massive, massive hypocrisy by these people. Uh, and in fact, well, if they are believers in this, why don't they begin giving up their lifestyles then? That's and, what I and, say. You know, changing sell things, sell right? one of your, you know, yachts. five homes that you have in your yachts. Like, practice what you preach. Mm -mm. Live a modest life then. No. You don't. It's so and they won't. That's not nope. why and, they're pushing this. And again, a couple of more clips are real quick, but like the, you have to understand that this is going to be taken into like this is n no, this is nat national <laughs> security. Uh, it's going to lead Humanitarian to war. Crisis. It's a crisis. Everyone's going to die. If you don't do what crisis. we're telling you, you what, we, what we want here, you're going to die. Listen to some of these here. And then lastly, it's a driver of actual missions because uh, climate change uh, creates uh, instability which creates insecurity in some places, and you can end up, the, the, the fighting in Syria uh, started really as a result of a drought. Um, and so yes. there's, uh, there's a, it, it can actually drive yeah, totally military right. missions and, and, and force the military to become involved in places and at times uh, where they wouldn't have had, had to otherwise. That's uh, John Kirby. He is the uh, National Security Council coordinator for strat strat strategic communications right at the with the, the military and then of course let's not forget uh, king charles the third right what he's going to do uh remember what he said a while back uh, in glasgow listen to this here so ladies and gentlemen my plea today is for countries to come together to create the environment that enables every sector of industry to take the action required we know this will take trillions not 
billions of dollars. We also know that countries, many of whom are burdened by growing levels of debt, simply cannot afford to go green. Here we need a vast military-style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector. With trillions at its disposal, far beyond global GDP, and with the greatest respect, beyond even the governments of the world's leaders, it offers the only real prospect of achieving fundamental economic transition. Yeah, see that, and I mentioned that before. They're going to make nature tradable assets on the stock market. That's basically where this That's is going. It's a new economic amazing. system, and people like King Charles, and of course, he's you could argue he's he's just the front man and a puppet for this. Really, he doesn't really hold any power. But I think he's genuinely interested and in, in, in a belie true believer in, in a method like this, right? But as you said before, Lana, one of the most important points, right? It's always this happiness or, or, or how well a country is, is always just measured in like material wealth or like even even down to like healthcare. Obviously, that's more important, but it's like what it's about not like healthcare anymore. Either. Belonging, culture, heritage, your, your yeah. ethnos. Beyond your, materialism. Your, exactly. Beyond, For, like, but I liberals are a, the most materialistic people I've ever met in my life. Like yeah. the rich white liberal and Jewish liberals are the most materialistic people on the planet. Yeah. That's that's all it is for them. Like yeah, that is no, it's their course, that yeah. is their heaven. That, th th this is their heaven exactly. There there is no th there's nothing else, and so therefore we have to uh, you know we have to create it essentially. But it's interesting that w when they began raising this and Bill uh, Bill I said uh, Clinton he had this Clinton Global Initiative stuff, which was m more of the same, all the stuff just the other day here. But Bill Gates mentioned that in one of the 60 Minutes interviews. Basically, we have to muster. I mean, Prince Charles here is talking about a militaristic like kind of. Uh, uh, effort basically to tackle this problem of climate change. Bill uh, Gates talked about this as well. We have to like much more funds, but we need to pour billions and billions into this effort and stuff. And of course, uh, Biden just in his recent UN uh, talk addressed this directly. Listen to this here. To meet our global responsibility, my administration is working with our Congress to deliver more than $11 billion a year to international climate finance. To help lower-income countries implement their climate goals. So basically, redistribute the wealth, right? Eleven billion yearly of taking that of climate crisis and just giving it to poor countries. And I was like, Americans can't heat their homes soon. <laughs> the food issues, you know, it's just complete chaos. You know, it's falling apart. It's um, it's a fascinating time, but. Um, uh, we'll, I'll continue. There's a couple of more points. We'll have to squeeze that in, I think, in the week, coming week in Warrior Show here, too. But this is a very important because this is, like, really one of the bigger uh, assaults right now. It's it's to to bridge the whole, like, the, the COVID thing with the climate thing into the energy thing. And that's also really – it's just one massive, like, anti-Western, anti-white thing at the end, you know, bundled mm -hmm. into that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I mean, it is a global issue. They're addressing it everywhere, but it's primarily targeting us. And, and we're the ones who are going to pay for all of this, you know what I mean? And they're doing it by, you know, scaring most people into uh, into compliance, you know what I mean? You're going to die if you don't do what we tell you, you know, kind of thing. Most Deals people don't too. believe that, though. <laughs> I, I hope don't, not. I yeah. don't think they do. Like, I, if I only not. a small faction of people actually believe that. Yeah. But yeah, so like endless materialism. I like I don't care about that. You know what I mean? That's not the most important. Yeah, I, I don't care if, if if immigrants came and they let's actually assume that what they say is true actually was true, which is not, but you know, let's assume that like, oh, they enrich your country, you're becoming more wealthier, they're doing the jobs you don't want to do, the, the country's making more money now, blah blah. It's not blah, about blah. that for us. I don't care. 
I don't care if we were poorer at the end of the day. Like, it's that's not a priority for me. You know what I mean? Is that your people, your culture, yep. your heritage? What but, is it? But temporarily, exactly. that's how they've, they've that's how they've gotten most people. It's like, well, you know, the economy is doing good, you know, kind of thing. But that that's turning to uh, into the shit or not too. So you know, we'll see what uh, what the effects of this. They're they're gambling. Is it pick up on your point there again? They're it's a huge risk that they're taking right now by basically balancing these vital. Um, things that we have, you know, like energy, food, water, the supply chain issue, all this crazy stuff, right? Of just like toying with these things as a way to like, you know, threaten us essentially. Because if it goes the wrong way, you'll have a, uh, actually a real grassroots like revolution on your hands Mm -hmm. and uh, kind of a a bunch of angry people that uh, don't want to have any of this shit. That's right. Yeah. All right, boys, we're going to wrap Dennis up Dennis Frazier here. says, great show, guys. Lana, watch your two latest videos yesterday. Excellent. Spot on with the facts. Thank you so much, Dennis. Thank you, Dennis. Viking Kind-a-bee. Kid was cute. Hope your family has a great weekend. Thank you. Hope you cool. do, too. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate, Appreciate it. Appreciate that. Uh, Veritasic464 over on uh, Rumble as well. That's Loki's lad. Good to see you, man. Thank you. He says, uh, the Jubilees were created to resolve this greedy Jew endless economic growth madness. Uh, yeah, it's funny now how it just, you know, now it's like this, no, the economic thing, the left have said, like, this is essential to get us to continue our, our, our agenda. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, they love capitalism. It used to now. be like, a, you know, but now they they, ha- they have their claws sunken deep into the black rocks of this world. or I mean, or they into them, depending on how you see it. Um, but now they don't care about that. No, it's all fine. Anyway, uh, it continues there. Every 50 years, all debts are forgiven across the community. We all hold what we have created. Start again. Every 50 years, all debts are forgiven. Um, is that like a suggestion maybe? <laughs> anyway, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Uh, we definitely need to start again. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, ironically, because of this great reset stuff, we're closer to that than ever. And partially they're kind of doing the work for us. I mean, I know that they'll try to last minute hoodwink us and say, here's the chaos we've, you know, that happened because you didn't comply. Here's the solution. Here's the fourth industrial revolution for you right here. Here's the, here's the great reset. Come here, you know, fix this. But, you know, again, if we can be ready and take things away from that, you know what I mean? That's, it's a time of great opportunity, you know, to be honest. All right. We're going to wrap up right there. Let me check one more time here on, I think we're caught up to on, uh, no, we have a couple here that I missed. I did not see these before. That's weird. Okay, let me yeah, do, let me do these. There's one that slips through the cracks. Uh, let me see here. Uh, just a uh, Odyssey coin from uh, that's that's that sob. Weird. I can't see what they called. That's that's orb. That's ob. I think it is. <laughs> Thank you. Um, John Kutarski says if the blacks had the IQ of the white, uh, or even the Jew or Asian. They would genocide us all. <laughs> they they are the most tribal of any races, and they hate. The Jays are uh, wrong to take them under their wing. They will turn on the Jews. He says, <clears throat> "I don't know. It seems that they're willing compl- accomplices right now." But uh, you could be right. Uh, three from Archie. Thank you. Dutton said, "Prison works. Prison works to breed a passive society." Sadly, USA isn't able to apply the method to the modern criminals. Yeah, then you have issues like prison and stuff like that too. I guess it's if it's strong enough a prison system, yeah, maybe like as a deterrent. But in this case, now with prison as it is in the West, it's just like it, it just breeds more criminality and networks. And I mean, here's uh, here we'll take care of you while you like uh, make criminal connections and work out all day. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, 
Revenge, uh, Zafri says, revenge destroying national identities that uh, then easier to take over for Zionist bankers. That's about it. And uh, a couple more from Zafri. Uh, if world would find out 9-11, a Mossad false flag, was a catalyst for Middle East destabilization and the war on terror. Uh, Bibi Netanyahu said the U.S. needs a Pearl Harbor, and, and they got that, yes. Amalek versus Ishmael killing each other. No t uh, tears from Zionists, just smiles. Um, no mention of Exxon Valdez. That's right. Was that the Alaska or is it was that Canada? Was that Canada? Exxon Valdez. I forget. Uh, or billion dollar settlements for Ecuador against Chevron. Steve Donzinger, ESQ, was persecuted by U.S. government so much for loving the environment. Yeah, they don't care about the environment. We know that. It's just a means to yeah, a means to an end. It's just an excuse. Um, and one here from Archie, last one, Earth is their heaven, but they don't want to share it with us. Get in the pot and eat your bugs, That's Goy. Right. That's right. They want it for themselves so they can have their yacht trips. That's what it's all about. All right, boys and girls, thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to wrap up right there. Do join us over at RedEyesMembers.com for more. We're going to um, get uh, on the, what is that one? Let me see here. Oh, here it is. That, that, that's right. I want to show one more source. Here's a mailing address if you're going to join us over at RedEyesMembers.com. Uh, but we do have a couple of other methods as well. Subscribeshow.com slash RedEyes. EntropyStream.live slash TV. Uh, you can sign up for a one-time payment or, or a one-time subscription or a uh, recurring one on Entropy. Subscribestar, of course, is month-to-month. Uh, we do have a couple of different tiers over there. We also have a Cash App option, an e-check option, crypto, uh, and again, back to the uh, mailing address for you guys there as well. And I also want to show the executive producers right here at the end. So we cover that, guys. Here we go. T. Lothrop Stoddard, V. Miller, Resin Revolt, Good Luck Lap, Jake, Red Pill Rundown, Chalky Milk, and our latest editions uh, here, Wild Rose Active Club, French 47, Mark Smith, No Jeebs, President Ubunga, and we have also Mr. Walker 696 as a producer. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you. And we've said this before, but we, can't, we do the plug here at the end. Uh, we're trying to reach 20 executive producers. We need to hire a full-time editor to help us basically reach the next phase here at Red Ice. If you want to uh, put some effort towards that goal, definitely check out subscribestar.com slash Red Ice. We have, a, yeah, an executive producer tier, but also a producer tier. Uh, any of that would help. So thank you so much, guys. We appreciate you. Uh, we're going to be back with uh, Weekend Warrior then. That's right. Coming up. That is right. All right. Anything else, Lana? Nope, that's we'll it for up. now. Thank you, guys. See you, guys. We appreciate you have joining us. We'll see you later. Take care. Do you love Red Ice? Want more? Get access to exclusive material by signing up for a Red Ice membership. You'll be able to watch Weekend Warrior, our flagship show, the second hour of interviews, and other special feature videos only for subscribers. Were you a member and we lost you along the way? Renew! We love and appreciate you guys and gals and cannot do this without you. Help us be a sane voice, a lighthouse in the sea of insanity. As times get tougher, as people are searching for answers, they're going to need content like Red Ice. A little of all your support can go a long way. Thank you. So many people have been speaking about the climate crisis. So many things have been put on paper. But the real question is why is it that we're still not acting at the scale and speed that is necessary? The extreme weather events that the scientists have long connected to the climate crisis are becoming far more frequent and far more destructive. 
450 years, we built up a world based on the assumption that we can exploit the planet for free, and it translates to very dramatic impacts happening right as we speak. The climate crisis is a threat multiplier, which means it exacerbates existing inequities in our society. The impacts are felt most deeply by black, indigenous, and communities of color. We're living through an explosion of inequality. We need to remember we're on the same planet, and this is the planet that we need to make sustainable for the whole of humanity. Climate change is impacting food security as well as political stability in many nations around the world. Five years ago, there were 80 million people marching towards starvation. That number jumped to 135 million. What caused the jump? It was man-made conflict, like in Ukraine, compounded with climate shocks. No one is as vulnerable to climate change as farmers are. If you talk transformation, the first thing they want to know is, what must I do on my farm? We know that this transition will require a fast adoption of a lot of new technologies. And the question today is how to find the appropriate way to finance this technology. To put a number around it, it's an extra two and a half to three trillion dollars a year of additional finance that we have to find in order to get those emissions down. Financial institutions have a lot of roles to play to bring the advice and provide the financing to make these transitions happen. Younger generations are demanding a sense of purpose. They want to look at companies and say, I am investing with you all for this reason. With the upcoming two COPs taking place in Africa and the Middle East, we have this tremendous opportunity to put emerging markets at the forefront of our collective response to climate change. International trade has to be part of the solution. How do we all get together to talk about a global carbon price that can guide us and help us to decarbonize the world? The solutions are there. What we need is governments to regulate, to invest, and we need business to act with values. History will look at us, people, politicians, corporate leaders. These times requires not only solutions, but speed. There is nowhere else to look than the mirror. We are the ones that need to do this.